1: Welcome. This is Orion Rising. I'm your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. All right, show this out, show this out, show this out. It is Friday night, the law of one. I didn't test my microphone today, so I hope it's working. Let me know if you can hear me out there. Uh, like I said, I didn't test it, and so normally I do. but I was in a hurry and I was talking to somebody. Um, So (laughs) I didn't test my microphone so I hope you can hear me. If you can hear me tell me you can hear me otherwise tell me that uh, well you can't hear me so hopefully you'll say that there's just dead air right. (laughs) Welcome everybody. I see Karen uh, in the audience welcome Pamela I see you in the audience because you guys said something. Uh, If you're out there give me a shout out right can hear me loud and clear Thank you Pamela. Uh, How's how's things over in uh, Ireland today. Good I hope Denise welcome. Uh, Okay, so the law of one, um, and I was sitting here just now, I was getting lost because I I tried to figure out where we ended last week, and I kind of know, so I'm going to start right where we're at here, because we'll recap a little bit, I always do that, Uh, and then uh, let me turn the camera on for a second here so you guys can see me before we get going. There I am in the small picture over here, right? My camera wasn't working right for some reason. I have a little slide thing that's uh, on my laptop that uh, allows me to turn my camera off. And somehow I hit it, and I was like, why is it only half of my screen, this half of the screen, was all dark up to right about there. I'm like, what the heck? And then I realized, oh, yeah, I have a little slide thing. And then when I, I touched it with my finger and smudged it, so then when I, when I slid it open, it was blurry, and I realized that was me with my finger. So I had to wipe the screen off so you guys could see me here. Let me take this out of, out of full screen. Uh, so then uh, you guys can see what it looked like there, right? My ugly mug. I'm gonna put the, the uh, thing back up because we don't need the, you know, we don't need to even see anything, because uh, I don't have very many visuals, right? So, um, so I so I'm gonna start a little bit back, and and uh, I, I wanted to cover uh, a guy. Um, it, it, I'm not going to say his name unless he uh, says something in the chat, if he is here. Otherwise, uh, you know, I don't have permission to, to say his name. But he had just messaged me and said, hey, I just posted something in Ancient Aliens Worldwide. Uh, I'm wondering if anybody has a, um, a comment about it or a thought about it. And what he posted was, what do you think about um, aliens uh, being on their way to Earth and that they might be here by 2025 or, or uh, beyond that? And, uh, you know, that they might be invading. And I said, well, you should be watching my podcast because I'm talking about the law of one. I didn't tell him that. But talking about the law of one, which uh, was channeled between 1981 and 1984, uh, you know, by the LL Research Group about that and about warning us about the Orion Crusaders, who are, in fact, here now uh, and were at the time, uh, and that their modus operandi, their M.O., uh, is to uh, when they invade three dimensional worlds to show up and one of the things they use as a ploy is to say oh no the big bad aliens are here to get you they're on the way we can help you we're here to defend you uh, because they have to get past free will like a vampire when they knock at the door they have to have permission to come in and they had that exact thing and that's what they did to this planet And that's how they got boots on the ground. Also, I I explained to him that I know for a 100% fact that there's a false flag narrative being pushed uh, out there that most people don't know about. 99.99% of the human population on this planet doesn't know about that there is the deep state has uh, at their disposal uh, a false flag alien invasion that um, they threatened. Dr. Stephen Greer said that he was told by the Department of Defense at the time in 1991 or 94, somewhere right around there. Um, But it wasn't Donald Rumsfeld. And um, it was right just maybe a little bit after that. But in any case, I'm not going to say who it was that said it to him, but told him there's an alien invasion. I could press a button right now and aliens would invade the earth. And it's actually us. Uh, pretending to be aliens. They're going to look like alien spaceships and even they'll have like, you know, some of them are going to be drones. So they will be gray aliens and and the like. And then all of a sudden, after it scares the whole planet and they start killing uh, millions and millions of humans, then all of a sudden our government will then say, oh, It's a good thing we have an entire space fleet to be able to defend the earth that we didn't tell you about. We need to unite under one world government and fight off the evil aliens, give us control and and submit to us. And, of course, all the governments will comply right now. If that happened right now, how many governments out there are, in fact, um, cabal ready? Uh, Look at COVID and how many governments tried to uh, lock down and take complete control like canada has done in a few other places even in the united states they're trying it they're still working at that like at brazil and what happened to them they used the same false flag um uh, invasion of their capital just like they did here in the united states which is a, a page right out of the three musketeers if you've ever read that book i said that while it was happening this is literally a, a Three Musketeers mock-up and, and if you guys ever read the book or saw any of the movies, or Once Upon a Time in China done by Jin Jin Vu, which it was that one. Once Upon a Time in China, one and two are both uh, the Three Musketeers set in uh, in China in this in the eighteen hundreds or seventeen hundreds, and um, and most of the you know the Three Musketeers is in the fifteen hundreds, uh, and literally when in the book. Uh, and in the movies, uh, the cardinal was trying to take control of uh, of all of Europe. So he was trying to start a war with uh, everybody in Europe, the, the king of England, the queen of England and France and Spain, trying to get everybody at war and win the king of Spain. because This happened in in Spain, um, uh, I believe it was either that of France, doesn't really matter, somewhere over there, uh, was having uh, somebody over, one of the dig- dignitaries, I think it was in France, and they were having the Spanish king over at the time. Um they hired a bunch of mercenaries the the cardinal did, and had them dress up as peasants and uh, uh, drummed up all of as many peasants and homeless people as they could find. and they marched on and ran in and, and into the into the to the castle and ransacked the place and uh, if it wasn't for d'Artagnan uh, because d'Artagnan uh, at the time was in there with Athos Porthos and and, uh, uh, and uh, the, the like, the four of them, uh, were, were trying to go in to save the queen uh, to get her out, and, uh, uh, which they did do. But when they were fighting their way out, D'Artagnan realized, I'm not fighting against peasants. I'm fighting against military personnel who are well, well trained. And he even said to one of the guys, you're very, tra- very well trained for a peasant. And the guy basically laughed at him, and, and he ended up killing the guy and getting away, anyways. So he brought it up. This was a, this was a planned invasion, and it was done from the inside. That these people were let in. Sound familiar? Uh, these people were let in by the guards, and they were in fact, uh, you know, working for the military for Secret Service, undercover, working for the the uh, cardinal. And, uh, but they couldn't prove it because they were disbanded, uh, and they were outlaws. And that was the whole storyline of the three musketeers, January 6th in the United States lived that out. Uh, and you know, everybody uh, told, uh, everybody in the world that it was, uh, invasion and, and, uh, insurrection and, and the whole line. It's the same exact thing, including the, the, uh, the, the uh, Viking guy with the horns on his head and the Native American with the, with the feathers on his head. Those two characters uh, also appeared in, when they did the same thing because of the election in Brazil less than three months ago now. Uh, the exact same insurrection happened. They arrested everybody the exact same way. They went into the Capitol and took pictures and selfies. But they, they even had the guy with the buffalo skull and the tattoos uh, uh, come in and the Native American with the, with the big headdress coming in. Uh, also, it's just a different uh, person playing that part that got arrested. So the exact same scenario using the exact same script happened in Brazil uh, three, less than 90 days ago, uh, maybe maybe right around 90 days ago. You could look that up. OK, that's not that's not a lie. And, and I know someone who personally who lives in Brazil and he told me what was going on and what was all over the news. He's like, bro, this is January 6th, 2.0. Literally, they didn't change the script at all. OK. So, and that script came from the Three Musketeers. It literally came from the Three Musketeers, and people called me crazy for it. Okay. So, so the script uh, of, of the mock-up alien invasion works the same way, okay? And, um, right, Karen said blue beam crap, right? I agreed, right? Holographic images... Are so real that it looks like uh, a movie. Absolutely, uh, you know, it, 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 the re- reality is now surreal. Uh, reality it looks just like a movie. Uh, Karen is absolutely right. When you see television, you have to remember the January sixth hearings where they had where they were on television. What was that? hundred and thirty-two thousand times on television, trying to uh, trying to impeach Donald Trump over and over and over and over and over for two years after he's out of office. That you have to realize that that entire a show, because it was a show, they hired producers of television shows. This is not a joke. You can look this up. They hired the Democratic Party hired producers of a television show to put together the entire thing, everything they said, all the the stuff that they showed you on television, the whole, whole entire script. I'm not joking you. You can't make this up. I can't make this up. Okay. Uh, You can look this up. It's out there. But if you try and look it up on something they control, it becomes very hard. They won't let you find it. So there are platforms where you can look things up. And I'm not going to say them out loud because that's like saying where it is that Donald Trump communicates right now. Because everybody thinks, well, he's been off of Twitter for two years and he's silent. He's nowhere. He's just not anywhere where you guys are. Okay, Donald Trump has never stopped speaking. And neither is anyone else that is that is in the resistance to the cabal. Okay, <laughs> it's just we're no longer speaking on the platforms that you guys are all on. Okay, so Reese, welcome. Um, speaking of lockdown, how's Australia these days with uh, with the totalitarian uh, uh, communist uh, government of, of uh, that att- attempted to take over Australia? Have you guys gotten back any of your rights yet? Um, Canada has gone completely around the corner, and now they are totalitarian uh regime completely and in fact it's a it's a monarchy because uh because Fidel Castro's kid is running the place up there and they you have no rights whatsoever they take they just arrested a priest because he was praying I'm not kidding you it was all over the news they went well not on most of the channels because they won't play that but they literally arrested a priest because he was praying uh and then he got tossed out of the place he was praying in literally I saw the video tossed in the air onto the ground, fell and crashed down to the ground. And then, and then the next day the police came to his house and arrested him for, for uh, uh, causing a scene and disrupting the meeting. And all he was doing was kneeling down and praying. And it wasn't like he was screaming out loud like the guys do on the street corner while he was praying. He wasn't doing any of that. He was silently praying and knelt down. And they tackled him and picked him up and threw him out the door. I saw I'm not even kidding. They filmed the whole thing and then arrested him and then arrested him. Then he went to jail and he had to post bail to get out. He, he, in fact, he was supposed to speak on air that day and couldn't because he was arrested, which is why I think they arrested him because they realized he was going to be on national television in the United States. So they arrested him so he couldn't be. He'll get out eventually. Uh, But we'll see like the January 6th uh, people, they're doing it in Canada too. They're holding people without any charges, without bail. Sound familiar? The British government did that for decades to anybody for centuries to anybody who was their enemy uh, or disagreed with them politically. So what you see happening now is, is the, another page right out of that book. So, okay, we're going to get away from the politics because I know some of you are going to freak out and go, Oh my God, he's talking politics. What the hell does that have to do with spirituality? Um, Politics is the spirituality and religion of evil people and of evil, okay? You guys need to become aware of that on the planet, that, that you think that Satanism, that, that fake religion that is whatever the Jews stand for, we're the opposite. Whatever the Christians stand for, we're the opposite. You think that is the major religion of evil people? Then why is it that you know only maybe 2 million people worldwide follow that religion? You honestly believe? That evil people don't have a religion. Well, they're anti-religion. No, they're not. They're anti-God. They have a religion. It's called power, money, control. All of that is their religion. Their religion is to control you and force you to do what they want you to do, to to stand under them. Do you understand me? Stand under me. Right? Right? Being a good citizen. Look those words up. Why do you think it is that that equality has been replaced by the word equity? Look up equity and see what it means. If you have equity in a house or a property, that means you have your house is worth money for you. Deborah, welcome. Uh, so that means you have a certain amount of money invested in your house that is profit to you. So why is it that they have now switched the words Equality for the word equity. They're blatantly saying you're a slave, they own you, and you're worth money to them. Okay? That is what that means. Look that up. That's like capitalism and and falsely making you believe that the word capitalism, which is like, okay, here's here's the thing. The Catholic religion is called Catholicism. Okay? The Christianity would be called Christianism if it wasn't Christianity, meaning I follow Christ. Okay, Judaism, an ism is the practice of that thing. Catholicism is the practice of the Catholic religion. The word Catholic means universal life, uh, but you don't know that. Okay, so, so, to be, so, to be, so to practice Catholicism, you're practicing to be a Catholic. So if I'm practicing capitalism, that means that I'm practicing capitalizing, not oh, capital gain. Well, capital gain means the same thing. Look up the word capital, not when it refers to the the place that is the capital building of uh, of a country or a city or a state. Look up what capital is. Capital is profit. Okay, so so to so the word capital with the word ism under that doesn't change and completely become a different word when you add the ism to it. Capitalism means free trade. No, it doesn't. It means to capitalize, to be able to capitalize on something, to make money, to make capital, okay? That doesn't, so what they do is they, they take that like they did with equality, and they tell you that equality, in fact, is, is equity. So now everybody says equity and not equality, and equality doesn't equate into anything anymore. There is no such thing as equality. There is only equity, okay? And equity means money, capital means money so capitalism is the practice of money and making money the word capital lies means to 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 get over on make money from take advantage of someone to gain profit so the word capital means that look it up Okay. So capitalism doesn't mean free trade. Capitalism means you have the ability to make money however you can possibly make it, beg, borrow, steal, or cheat, as long as it's within the bounds of the law or you write the laws. Therefore, you can do whatever you want. Okay. All right. Now I'm going to get off of politics. Why is all of that important? Because of what we were talking about last week in the Law of One and what we're going to talk about in a second and get going forward. Okay. uh, Celeste welcome so right said. next thing will be the digital banking system they're already trying that over here they're trying to get all all banking to be online uh, and they don't want you going in they're penalizing people for walking into a bank they want it all to be online or through a teller they all want it to be digital because then they could just turn you off so reset next thing will be the digital banking system uh, on the forces on wait a minute Oh the the 4 on problem glasses. <laughs> the, the forces are out to, of control against the voices. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, right, Celeste, so you'll lose me if you stay on on Cheeto worship. But see, that there's there's my point. Some you know some people get annoyed, but you have to realize that uh, and she's talking about Cheeto worship, the orange guy. I'm pretty sure. Um, but you, what you guys have to realize is that that entire operation. Is I mean, if you know what, you know, like look at the dark side of the forest, right? If, if you look at if you look at greed, money, power, control, the caste system, that is the religion of nefariousness. That is the religion of evil, of evil people. Okay, that is the religion. And, and to deny that, that is the greatest trick the devil ever pulled. Not to get you to believe that the devil didn't exist, because that's like saying that that gold is the most precious thing on the face of the earth. Weird because it's every fucking place and everyone has it. Okay? They even sell it in stores, just sits on the shelves in a liquor called Gold Schlager, and there's gold pieces of gold floating around in there that you drink. Okay, So we have so much gold, it is not rare. Diamonds are the same way. But they've gotten everybody convinced that diamonds and gold are precious and that they cost a lot of money. The same thing, the devil didn't convince you that he doesn't exist because here we are talking about the devil right now. So that means we know the devil exists. What we're not talking about and what nobody is talking about is the religion of evil. It is not Satanism, okay? Uh, Some of them are are Luciferians because Lucifer was a leader of people from Moldek who came here escaping the the planet when they blew themselves up in that war that happened. And they followed, they follow Lord, uh, you know, Lord... Lucifer, who became synonymous with the devil on this planet. So the devil's name is Lucifer now, but I thought it was Satan. Oh, be quiet. Never mind that. One is it's just the same person. So is, what is his name? Devil, Satan, Lucifer? Or is it Lucifer, Satan, Devil? Uh, is that his first, middle, and last name? Do you understand what I'm saying? Right? So the, So the devil didn't convince everybody that he didn't exist. The devil convinced the whole world that there is no religion of nefariousness. There is no religion of evil and everybody thinks that there isn't then they think that what they think is that religion that says whatever they stand for we stand for the opposite so the so the druids and the wiccans said Do what thou wilt, but harm none. So they just dropped off the last part and said, do what thou wilt. That's a good mantra. And then they took the cross, turned it upside down, took the the pentacle, not the pentagram, the pentacle, five-pointed star with a point facing up, turned it upside down, put, uh, you know, put the the, uh, Baphomet's uh, face goat head in there. Look, it fits the goat face with the beard and all that. So that became the pentagram. And you think that is the religion that all evil people worship? No, they don't. It's a very, very small group of people. and It's usually misguided teenagers. And it's usually rich, white teenagers, just like Antifa, that are misguided. And, and they don't know what to do with their lives. So they're anti-establishment. And they go, yeah, hail Satan. Okay. And then uh, in, that's what they do. You know, you got these people on, uh, on movie actors and singers. And they're like, I like to face Satan for all this. Just, that's just rebellion. That is not the actual. There is no God called Satan or, or Lucifer. There is no God right? But all of that is part of the nefarious lie. Okay, why is all this important, Leo? You're, you're 25 minutes into the show, 23 to be exact, into the show, and how does all this politics crap that you're talking about relate to the law of one? Because it's the religion of nefariousness, and when they got a hold of information that Ra gave them 12,000 years ago, it was actually before that, it was in the pre-dynastic era, Uh, but they can't calculate the math properly. It was further back than that. Uh, And then when the bad guys got here, it seems like they've been here longer than they actually have. I'm not going to get into that whole quantum weirdness right now. Okay. So they took control of this matrix, this illusion, because they understood, there's that word again, they understood, they got how it worked and how they could get around free will by taking it away from you and not allowing you to know that there is, in fact, you have free will. So they've controlled everything into you believing that there is no free will, except for what the church tells you, uh, or the state. Either way, they control both. They don't care because they they have total control at that point. Okay, this is what Ra is warning us about. Not only do you have to worry about this, but it did happen, and that's what happened in 1938. And and they they. Played it forward and said it was 1948, but it was actually 1938 because prior to that was actually 1932 when the uh, when the Draconians, the literally uh, 15 foot tall lizard people, uh, went to the to the uh, uh, Nazis and said, you know, oh look out, big bad aliens coming. We'll give you uh, this stuff, but you have to give us something. I'm not going to get involved in all that. You can watch the documentary Above Majestic or Packing for Mars, both of those, and they'll explain the entire ordeal to you that happened between 1938 uh, all the way to 2016 and 2017, respectively. Okay? So so I'm not going to get into that backstory. You guys can do a little bit of research on your own and watch those two documentaries and you'll know. I've talked to both people who've created those. I interviewed one, oh, well, you can't watch it unless you go to Orion Rising and look in those archives because YouTube uh, deleted my, when they deplatformed me, they deleted 400 and, over 450 episodes of my show and all my posts off of YouTube. So when Google deplatformed me. So that, that is the, and, and why is all this important? Because what we're talking about right now in the law of one is us being stuck and how many people cried out for help. And how many people will actually understand what's going on? That is literally where we we are currently. And I'm going to go ahead and start. And let me turn my sound up uh, to make sure you guys can hear it okay. And if you can't, let me know. Uh, I have it turned up to 70. So uh, hopefully you guys will hear raw just fine. But please let me know how loud it is. Here we go.
0: 14.22 questioner, 75 million. Raw, that is correct. 14.23 questioner, in your service in giving the law of one. Do you work with any planets other than the earth at this time or just earth? Rock.
1: Now we're recapping right now. You guys, if you were here last week, you already heard this and we're recapping and we're going to go forward. And then I got to find, I just, I just copied and pasted and fixed and downloaded. I thought and saved uh, session 15 and now I can't find it, but we have five minutes to go and then, uh, and then I'll look for it again. If not, I brought up my email so I can actually just copy and paste it real quick and slam it into the audio and, and make a file It only take a couple of minutes. Okay, so I don't know what happened to it, but I couldn't find it when I was trying to go live. So, but I did back up to here. We were actually on question 25, I think. So let me let me continue. Uh, Denise, thank you. I was also killing time. Sounds great. Sounds good. Okay, let's go.
0: I am raw. We work only with this planetary sphere at this time. 14.24 questioner. You stated that you were called by three.
1: Now, raw only works with this planetary sphere, but they're working with the alliance, the, the, the coalition of planets uh, from the coalition of Venus, okay? I'm part of that alliance, but I don't work just with Earth, although I'm working only on Earth currently, uh, but I also work with people that are working with me that are off-world and that are working on the other solar systems. The, there was 23 solar systems that were invaded in this area, this sector of the universe, and there, we're down to three that are still occupied or stuck earth being one of them. Okay. Um, And that, and if you, if you know anything about um, Alex Coolier, Alex Coolier back in 2016 was talking about that, that the Andromedans told him that entire story about nefariousness and 8,000 years in the future and them coming back and tracing the nefariousness to earth. So we were the first place they got boots on the ground and they invaded from that. And if you go back and watch my shows that I did, uh, last year or the year before, whenever that was. Now, and it uh, depends on what reality you're in. I think it was. I think I ended it last year. I did 28 episodes on Friday of the interview of the alien who survived the crash in Roswell that the government had. That the woman who was able to communicate with the alien through telepathy wrote down all the stuff and stole it from the CIA. Uh, and just before she died, uh, back in 2016 or 2017. Uh, She gave the information over to uh, uh, to a uh, um, reporter who put it all together and correlated it and then uh, recorded it and gave me a copy of it. And I literally uh, that's the, you know, the non incident at Roswell, New Mexico in 1948. And the non alien that didn't survive that thing that didn't happen, that was a weather balloon as I'm doing air quotes with my fingers in the air. But the CIA had this secret operation that this woman finally outed before she died. Uh, Literally when she was like uh, almost 100 years old, uh, she was dying and she was in, um, I hear a couple of different places. She was either in Ireland or Scotland and she had changed her name. I haven't really researched it for reasons that I don't want to out the people who were uh, her family members and uh, loved ones who knew that she was still alive. But it was in in the UK and it wasn't in uh, the the, it wasn't in England. It was, in fact, Ireland or Scotland. And she had changed her name, left America, was hiding there under an alias and died under an alias. And I'm not going to tell you what that name is. If Peter Kyle's here in the audience, please, Peter, don't tell them the name. They don't need to know that uh, because he will. He's done it before. (laughs) Peter lives in Ireland. He knows the woman's name. Uh, and, and what country of origin and the city and everywhere and when she died. So, Peter, if you're in the audience, please don't tell anybody that her name because I don't want to get anybody in trouble over there. Okay, so, so uh, at, at this point... Where we are in this, Raw says, and then I'll let it play, that they're only working on Earth because they're responsible. I don't think they say that right here, but they did already. We covered that. They're responsible for giving the information to the Egyptians and that they didn't realize that the, the amount of people that might be uh, nefarious because they grew up in a time uh, before there was the, the availing in the third dimension. Uh, So none of their people were nefarious and they, they were inexperienced with nefariousness and made the mistake of giving the information to nefarious people who then usurped control of the planet and have been in charge basically ever since and making things very difficult for people to then graduate. And eventually the souls of the people on this earth cried out for help, that they needed help because they were stuck, hence the reason why there's a billion, two or three billion of us that are here now. Help, all right, let's continue.
0: 352,000 earth entities. Does this mean that this number is the number who will understand and accept the law of one? Am I correct? Ra, I am ra. We cannot estimate the correct
1: right. So, let's said she said, I wish I understood the tech, the technology, the tech like you do. I it, unfortunately, uh, it, I just have this information. I'm, I am linked to the Akashic record or Akashic record, potato, potato, depending on where, where you're from. Uh, And I channel most of this stuff, Celeste, I don't, uh, I mean, I do understand it because I was going to be a nuclear physicist. That was my major uh, when I was in college. So, so I do understand uh, the technology. However, a lot of the stuff that I say, when I go back and listen to this podcast, uh, I go, wow, what? I said that holy crap, where'd that come from? So literally as I'm speaking uh, and if I was on camera, Peter uh, GV from South Africa, he's talked about it in the different chats that, it, that literally he can tell when I start uh, channeling information because my eyes change literally change color slightly um, and I've had other people tell me that in real life and saw witnessed that myself my eyes are green uh, most of the time they're called hazel uh, and they call that they, they say that's not a real uh, eye color funny they also say that freckles and red hair is a is a, a genetic defect it's not but you know 10% of the world has it. Uh, and green and blue eyes, uh, another uh, 40% of the world has that. Uh, but, you know, that's that's because that's not normal. That's just like being left-handed. Left-handed is a is a genetic defect because only 10% of the population is left-handed. So those people must be defective, said the right-handed person with brown eyes. <laughs> and no freckles and red hair, right? So, uh, but there's a reason for that. I'm not going to get involved in that right now. But if you are in any way European, if you are in any way have have typo uh, blood, whether it's negative or, or typo, or you have fair skin, freckles, and have a strawberry blonde or red in any way in your DNA, just know that they don't want you to know more than anyone else. They don't want you to know where your DNA came from because it showed up on this planet only 10,000 years ago. And that you can look up to people who want to say that I naysayers who want to say, I don't know what I'm talking about science not crazy left wing right wing fringe people wanting aliens to be real real scientists said there is no proof anywhere on the planet that that dna was here past 10,000 years ago they cannot find it have never found it and they 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 don't know how it got here just 10,000 years ago people over in the west coast of spain all of a sudden became fair skinned had freckles red hair green eyes And typo negative blood appeared on the planet 10,000 years ago. And the DNA, which I'm not going to get involved in, the strands, okay? 10,000 years ago, there is no, there's not a missing link. There's not even a link. 10,000 years ago, and they have not found a body uh, anywhere on the planet that shows any of those people older than that, including... Over in Europe and in Western Northern Europe, or, you know, it's almost Southwestern in the West Coast of Spain, where the majority of the population of like one city, 90% of the people there are type O negative or type O. Uh, and they can't even find it anywhere there uh, past 10,000 years. Okay. <laughs> some uh, Semi-channel post lives, right? Your, your eyes go uh, from hazel to green. See, yours do the same thing. Uh, And, and uh, that's one of the telltale signs and that Peter was telling uh, people that in the group, that if you look at someone when they're, when they're doing that, their eye color will change when they channel. Uh, And I've witnessed it live when somebody literally was channeling, um, uh, you know, Mother Mary, Holy Mother Mary. I spoke to her. I saw the woman come in when she was just this woman. She was very attractive, by the way. Uh, She came in and um, she walked in and was, you know, the whole crowd was there and, and there was probably, I don't know, 20 or 30 of us in this house. And then she sat down and, and uh, I've told this story before, I think, on air. And then when she started channeling, she literally would, they were, you know, channeling Holy Mary, Jesus's mom. And all of a sudden she got up and she made a beeline for me. I'm not kidding. I'm not making this up. She came straight over to me with her, and put her hand out. Hi, welcome. How are you? It's been a long time since my eyes have seen yours. Not joking. I shook her hand. And as I spoke, I was channeling. It must have been my higher self because I wasn't thinking. And the words came out of my mouth. And I said, it has been a very long time since we have, uh, have laid eyes on one another. And she said, how have you been? And I said, I am, I am beautiful. How are you? And she smiled and, and said, fabulous, great, beautiful. All those words combined. And everybody was freaking out. Our handlers were like, what the fuck is going on? And my wife was like, what is going on? Do you know this woman? I have, uh, afterwards, she whispered that to me. I said, I have never met, met this woman before in my life. And I'm telling you, did you see her eyes? That was a different person inside there her mannerisms, the way she moved, the way she – that was either the greatest actress I have ever seen in my life, and she should win an Academy Award and all the other awards uh, for acting, or she was actually channeling uh, Holy Mary. And then they kind of skirted her away to do her channeling session, and she went back over and sat down and started answering questions from everybody else. But she did not engage with any other person in that room besides myself until she was answering questions. And But she didn't go and touch anyone. She walked right to me and looked me in the eye, came straight to me, but bypassing everyone, getting people out of her way, came straight to me and shook my hand and spoke to me. That was crazy, (laughs) right? So you can tell, right? And that's not why I have my camera turned off. I have it turned off because there's no reason to have it turned on because uh, you guys would just be staring at my face. You guys can go back and watch me speak for hundreds and hundreds of episodes, okay? Right, Pamela said, I've got some uh, some freckles and and, uh, negative blood, right? The blue eyes, right? All, all eyes are blue when you're born, right? She said my eyes were, were blue when I was born, uh, left-handed. I'm also left-handed. But then the society makes you right-handed. That's, this is what she said, and that's what happened to me too. When I was a kid, um, I was trying to figure out whether I was right-handed or left-handed in writing in school. And they just decided for me that most people are right-handed. So they tied my left hand down and made me write with my right hand. Not a joke. My brother refused to write. And he stayed left-handed. I tried to write with my left hand, and right now my right hand, I'm 55 years old, I write as if I'm a first grader with my right hand. It has never improved. I have uh, started writing with my left hand about 10 years ago. My left hand is already better looking than my right hand, uh, just from the time that I practiced uh, with my left hand. Um, and, and I'm left-handed everywhere with almost everything else. I I eat with my left hand. I cut with my left hand. I do everything with my left hand. So I was left-handed. And now I've become ambidextrous because this world is for right-handed people, not left-handed people. So you have to get used to uh, doing everything backwards. And left, right-handed people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. No, you don't. (laughs) Back in the day, okay, vending machine. Back in the day when you would put coins or money in the vending machine. It was all set up for someone who's right-handed to put the coins in. Left-handed people had to pull the money out and put the money and hold their hand upside down to put the money in or stand all the way to the left of the machine to be able to put the money in. Same thing, I'm walking into my door and I'm going to unlock my door and I grab my keys in my left hand and I, and, and I can't open the door with my le- left hand because my door is up against a wall, the handle is up against the wall, and for me to open it with my left hand, I have to turn sideways and stand with my face facing the wall about an inch off the wall to use my left hand to unlock my own front door. So I have to use my right hand to unlock the front door because it's created for right-handed people. Same thing with my refrigerator. It's opening for right-handed people, not left-handed people. Everything is designed that way. Okay, so that DNA, not just left-handed people, but especially the, the, the negative, RH negative factor DNA, blood type, and the, the Celtic race of people with the fair skin, the blonde hair, the blue eyes, the red hair especially, freckles, that, there's Peter now. See, Peter, your ears must have been burning, brother, welcome. Um, so that entire, that entire operation that is now what, what they call the Celtic race, that's where I get the name Kelto from, by the way. I don't say Keltoi, that's the actual Greek word that, that we use for the word Celt. Or Celtic comes from the Greek word Keltoi, which was not one word; it was a concept. Keltoi meant those people who live up north that are not Greeks. That's what that meant. Kind of like the Franks to the to the uh, uh, Middle Eastern people and the uh, in the far east, they called because they were from Frankia, which is now France. The word France means actually those who are Frank. can i be frank with you that's an american saying that 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 doesn't mean that means can i be honest with you and open it doesn't mean can i be french uh because the french are nowhere near honest and open neither are americans most people aren't they're just rude so so but they they call everybody who is from europe franks to this day okay because of the whole uh fighting over the holy land back when the templar knights were there in 1199 and and all, all the way through the 1200s, before they finally got them out of the Holy Land, and then they've been fighting over it ever since. Okay, so they call them Franks. It's a is a, a term like the N word for African Americans or Africans uh, that that people call them the N word. Uh, they called them Kel-toy. Uh and and so because of that, we don't know what they called themselves. Because like the Vikings, they didn't call themselves Vikings either. Viking is actually from a clan, the Vic, uh, like the Rus which is the Russians, which became Russia. Russians uh, was a Rus clan, and then the Vic clan, and then the Geats at Geatland, which is now, you know, like Denmark and and, um, and, uh, uh, what is that over there called? Parts of Sweden. Uh, No, not Sweden, but on the mainland. Um, And that was Geatland. And then you had uh, the Hess, which were the Hessians, Uh, From the steppes of Russia, all those were Viking clans of old that eventually became either countries and governments, Nord, uh, Norge, which became Norway or Norwegian. They still call themselves Norge, which means uh, I am Nor, you know, from Nor, not Norway, because Norway is what they call it now, but it meant that your clan, it was actually a clan. So the Swede, the Rus, the Nord, the Geet, uh, Rus, uh, I said that already. Hess, those were all clans, uh, Viking clans. And Viking was what they did when they raided and pillage. That word, uh, going a Viking, meant you were going out to raid and pillage, uh, to rape, plunder, and pillage. That was a concept. So going a Viking wasn't that we are Vikings. Uh, that was what we call them now in, in modern history because of that. They were called the Sea People by the people of the Middle East because they showed up by boat. So they were actually called the Sea People for generations. They were the Sea People. Um just like uh, in, in the time of uh, the 13th warrior, uh, which was uh, Beowulf's time, um, they were actually, they were called the, the Northmen. Those men from the North. So that's where you get the word Norse from. That was also a clan, but so they never told people, taught them their language or their writing, uh, and never told them their names. They refused. They learned everyone else's language. The Celts did the same because the Celts were actually Vikings, southern Vikings, but they were called Celts by the or Celtoi by the Greeks. Why is all this important? Because that DNA was uh, more prevalent on the planet, and then the, the DNA that came out of the west coast of Spain is only 10,000 years old. And since that time period, a lot has changed on this planet and not for the good of the cabal. Okay? And the reason I tell you that is because if you listen to Alex Coolier, he'll tell you about a, a race of people called the Patal. Okay? A race of people called the Patal. And those people are, are, are what they wrote about in the Chronicles of Riddick when they were called Furians in the Chronicles of Riddick. The whole entire storyline is about this race of people that was a part of a prophecy to overthrow the great evil. And if you watch that entire movie and pay attention to what's going on, that is telling you that storyline and the Patal, they don't say that out loud. There's not many people who say that word uh, is a race of people who came here and showed up on this planet to fight against the great evil. And they were a a, a whole entire race of people that came from the 11th dimension and descended uh, 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 in vibration, didn't descend on earth, attacking it, descended in vibration and were born to human bodies and their and their physical DNA showed up with them. Everything that you are, and this is why I'm telling you this, because this is very important to think about and to realize your name, the DNA that represents your physical body, all of that is a reflection of either what you're bringing to the table in this lifetime or, and/or, and/or, what you're bringing through your DNA ancestral-wise. And if you look back in your if you are awake, if you have abilities, if you and and you look back in your lineage, no matter where you're from on the planet, you will find that in your lineage of your physical body, you have relatives that were mystics that had abilities that did these things. And you brought that DNA and were born to the people you were born to in this particular life. With the parents that you had, even if they weren't good people, and you went through strife in your life, uh, and were abused and neglected and and kicked around and tortured and and all of that, all of that is done by nefariousness to keep you from waking up. It's part of their religion to keep you locked into the 3D and thinking about only the third dimension and this reality as reality, uh, because they don't want you to wake up. It is only when that that happens, all those things that have happened to you, is on pause that you then quickly wake up and start going down the path that you were supposed to go down your entire life. But they still try to do things to keep you from remembering or focusing on yourself and expansion of the mind into the spirit realm, into the spirit world. And this is what Raw is telling us throughout the entire thing. And that's why I'm pausing here to go through all of this, because what we're about to cover is going to get into that. That's why I always do this. And people go, you now, you're getting way ahead of yourself. You're talking about things. And Ross just now talking about numbers of people who are waking up, but he's about to explain uh, how many people would probably not understand it. And you also have to remember, this is in 1981 when he's saying that, okay, we're, we're 40 years hence from that time period in the, in the, the entire species on this planet's population has tripled, quadrupled since that time. 2.7 billion people on the earth while Raw is talking, channeling through Carla in what I'm going to be playing for you. And now we have 7.8 billion people on the planet. Of those 7.8 billion people, we estimate that at least 3 billion, probably more. Of those people are in fact wanderers, people who have come here to change the vibration or witness this ascension to make this thing possible. The reason I'm able to speak to you right now and not be dead is because there's so many of us on this planet it's harder for them to just kill us. And that's what they did in the past. They just killed anybody who went against the grain in any way uh, and started to wake up. They murdered you unless you did it in private and you hit it or in a place where they didn't know about it and the word got out anyways. Look what they did. They went after Jesus for it. They went after Muhammad for it. They killed Jesus. They killed Mahatma Gandhi. They killed Martin Luther King, they killed Junior, they killed uh, Malcolm X, they killed John F. Kennedy, they killed Stephen Biko, they killed all these people in history that started to speak out and to wake up and to lead the masses. Now people are doing that all over and they just say that person doesn't know what they're talking about and they're crazy. And then that's the greatest trick they pulled on you is to gaslight all of everybody into only listening to evil and not listening to rationality. That's one of the greatest tricks they ever pulled, gaslighting all of you guys and controlling you, making you believe there is no religion of nefariousness. Okay, so let, let's continue. But but the point is that, and I've said this a million times, and I try to tell people this because everyone looks at the world and they say, oh, my God, the world is so crazy. It's going to hell in the handbasket. It's worse than it's ever been, and we're descending, and evil is winning. And that can't be farther from the truth. Cannot be any further from the real reality and truth of what is happening currently on this planet. You think the world is bad now? This world is heaven compared to just 2,000 years ago, the world that Jesus was walking on. Heaven compared to that world. Okay? So you look at the United States and all the problems that they keep telling you is going on in the United States, yet you don't see that happening anywhere on the streets. Weird. Weird. They tell you there's a race war and that all white people want to hang and lynch all black people. Yet that's not happening anywhere. Oh, because the police, wait a minute, the same police who were corrupt and, and uh, racist weird. You would think that if the police were in fact as racist as they say, and that the system was as racist as they say, there would be as many lynchings as there used to be in the thirties and the twenties and the forties uh, in the United States and in the 1800s. But yet, the amount of lynchings and and racial killings and attacks in the United States has fallen by 80% in the last 60 years. Yet they're trying to tell you that racism has increased 5,000% in the last 10 years. How is that possible? That's like uh, them telling you that COVID was so bad that everybody on the whole planet was dropping dead from it. Yet how come there's there was not one story because if there was one it would be all over every news channel how come there's no stories of grandma went missing and we hadn't heard from her for a week and we went to her house and found out she was dead from covid or an aircraft fell out of the sky because the pilot died in midair of COVID. Or uh, there was a uh, uh, you know fifty thousand homeless people in the city of San San Francisco died of COVID. No one was found dead on the streets. No one was found dead in their cars. No one was found dead in their houses. No one dropped dead anywhere. No one. And, and but they, they blamed it on every death. When somebody got died in a car accident, COVID. But they didn't say he died from COVID and then crashed. Oh, he had COVID. That must have been why he got in a crash. And they said that about everybody. But yet there was no nowhere on the news where people were on there. And then I went to see my mom and I hadn't talked to her. It happened when you said I went to the old folks home that she was locked into. It happened when they said she was in the hospital and locked in there, and then I, then she died of, of COVID. But weird that everybody made it to the hospital or an old folks home before they died of COVID. Nobody just dropped dead in the streets. There wasn't uh, guys like in the, in the Black Plague in Europe walking around with a horse pulling a wagon with a bell going, ding, 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 bring out your dead, bring out your dead. Why wasn't that happening if people were dying as, as much and it was as bad as the Black Plague? On Europe that killed 25 percent of the population of Europe uh, during the during the Dark Ages. Why is it that this was supposed to be bigger, stronger, faster? Oh, I stole that from the Bionic Man. And everybody was going to die unless you had the the shot, which I never got, by the way. And I never got COVID either. <laughs> what three and a half years living in the state capital of of California with uh, f- uh, with 400 thousand plus uh, population, and I never got COVID, and neither did my mother even though my sister got it twice and my brother got it four times uh, and uh, everybody around me got it, but I never got it. Neither did my mom. Oh, you must've had it. You must've been asymptomatic. That's I love their stories. Okay. So why is all this uh, important? Because this is explaining and I'm trying to explain to you what's happening, what has happened, why, but I'm also trying to show you that things are progressing. We were further away from the light as a species for 100,000 years than we are now, especially the last 2,000 years than we are now. And the sh- shift happened, and we are going back towards the light, and things are changing exponentially in this world. Okay, but but only through strife comes change. You need to realize that. It doesn't just, it's not a light switch where everybody just wakes up one day and it's the age of Aquarius, the age of Aquarius. And we all start singing and dancing and loving each other. That only happens in movies. Okay, reality, the only way you get to that place is you have to have strife. And that's why when I say this and people, I'm going to say it right now. And a lot of you are going to get mad at me out there in the world for saying it. The best thing that happened to this planet was COVID. The best, I'm going to say it again. The best thing that happened to this planet was COVID. Now, let me explain why. Oh, my God, millions of people died. How dare you say that? Yes, you're absolutely correct. And that is completely tragic. And something needs to be done about it. And people need to be held accountable for their actions involved in the deaths of the people on the planet. That said, everyone on the planet for three and a half years had to take stock in who they were what they were about, and make choices as to whether they were in service to others or in service to self, and come to a spiritual awakening. And if you didn't, your life is very, very miserable to this day, and you're living in fear, which is where they want you. You're scared to death. You have five masks on. You're wearing a hazmat suit to take a shower. You won't get near anybody, touch anybody, you're freaking out, you're angry, you're yelling and screaming at everybody at every chance you get. And that's all you can do because you're in fear for your safety and your life, which is what they were trying to do to the entire planet. Okay, So you're either there or it has changed your life for the better in some way. You've either divorced your spouse, got rid of your family members or friends, or you've gotten better at your marriage Better with your with your spouse, better with your kids and better with your family. there has been the biggest change in it in the shortest amount of time on this planet in the history of this world happened to this entire planet since 2019, September of 2019, but officially you guys think it started in December in January of, of, uh, of 2020. But it actually happened in September. Uh, And that's when the whole thing started in China and then moved its way to the rest of the world. Weird that they don't tell you about this, this military games that was in Wuhan, China, uh, that was going on at the time of the outbreak and that uh, the Chinese government didn't say anything about it and let everybody fly out from there back to their respective countries and gave COVID to the entire planet. But that's neither here nor there, because how dare you say that about our best friends? the Chinese communist government, because they are our friends and you are blasphemer if you say anything negative about them. And I won't going to say much more about that because the algorithm will get me. All right. So I probably lost a bunch of you talking politics, right? But those of you who uh, who have, you know, have a letter after your name for whatever political party that you have in your country and you're in your reality and that you follow along with that, um, you're following the religion of evil, just so you know. The newscasters on everything, whether it's a newspaper, print, uh, internet, your television, those people are priests in that religion. And, they're, and that part of their religion is ratings and money to capitalize on you watching them. And they will sensationalize anything and everything to get your vote to keep their channel on the air to make all kinds of money. They don't care. They're selling their soul to the devil. They don't care what they talk about or who, as long as people are listening. In fact, the crazier it sounds, the more people tune in, okay? Over here in America, we have the WWE. It's worldwide, but the company is being run by, by the McMahon family in the United States, and they have no qualms about how the, the math works, okay? They have two kinds of people in their, uh, in their uh, sport, You're either a heel, which is in service to self and a bad guy and evil, or you're a face, which is the lovey guy who is, in fact, loved by everyone in the hero character. That's all you are is one of those two people. And you're either popular because everyone loves you or you're popular because everyone wants to hate you. If everybody ignores you. You will lose your job. You had better have people hate you or love you because that gets people into the seats, buying tickets and watching the television show. And I know this because I've known probably 25 professional uh, wrestlers who wrestled for that uh, federation. My uncle knew big name wrestlers who, who wrestled in that federation. He was friends with Hulk Hogan and a few others, but I only throw Paul Hogan's name out. Uh, in fact, if Paul's out there and ever listens to this, Dennis O'Rourke, uh, and he'll remember Dennis O'Rourke unless he's gotten old and, and he's losing his memory. He'll remember Dennis O'Rourke. Dennis O'Rourke was a crazy uh, guy, and he used to show up uh, and, and, and party with – my uncle party with all these wrestlers and uh, hung out with them. And, and I don't know why – I mean, you, I, I can't say I don't know why. I know why my uncle was a likable guy. He was fun. He was fun to be with. He was fun to be around. He drank like a fish. Uh, and, and he was uh, just a great guy to be around, great personality. So he ended up friends with all these guys. Okay. And I met them. So I know how things work. And that is the truth of that, that whole entire operation. I tell you that because every single broadcasting company on the face of the earth runs their entire show on how many people watch the show. The more people that watch it, the more money they get, the more money they can charge for commercials, Uh, And they get more money and they get bigger and bigger and bigger. So they don't care. They have sold their soul to that devil, to that part of the religion. And and they will literally talk about it and and drum it up. And the the more you tune in, the more they like it and the more they'll run with it and the more they'll keep saying what they're saying. Okay. That is part of the religion that is nefariousness. All right. Let me continue with raw because I know I've only played for like two and a half minutes. And I'm trying to get more raw input. I wanted to preface everywhere where we're going into session 15 with that. Uh, And let's continue here. Oops, banging my glass into my other glass, my coffee. I'm getting water and I banged into my coffee. I apologize.
0: ...of your statement for those who call are not in every case able to understand the answer to their calling. Moreover, those who were not calling previously may, with great trauma, discover the answers to the call nearly simultaneously with their late call. There is no time slash space in call. Therefore, we cannot estimate the number of your mind slash body slash spirit complexes which will, in your space slash time continuum distortion, hear and understand. 14.25.
1: Hence the reason I'm translating what Raw's talking about. Because the truth is, back in 1981, it was probably 1% of the population that was able to understand what Raw was saying. Even now. Um, if you don't have, you know, because Don, the questioner, was a nuclear physicist, so you have to realize he was Sheldon. If, if you watch The Big Bang Theory, you understand that he was super smart. And when Raw is coming through and talking to him, Raw is is utilizing the words in that best uh, to describe for for Don to there's that word I almost said understand to understand to actually uh, uh, know what they're what they're saying. So he's using these words that are, you know, highfalutin, 25 cent words when he doesn't need to, he could just say, you know, five cent words. But if he did come through and he spoke like I did, no one would listen to him. Even now, people don't listen to me because I, I speak to you guys, in know, in words that you can understand. And therefore, I must not know what I'm talking about because I'm speaking like a commoner and that word means slave, peasant. Okay, so here we go.
0: Questioner, how do you perform your normal service? How have you normally given the law of one over the last 2,300 years? How have you normally given this to earth people? Ra, I am Ra. We have used channels such as this one, but in most cases the channels feel inspired by dreams and visions without being aware, consciously, of our identity or existence. This particular group has been accentuatedly trained to recognize such contact.
1: Okay, so you have to realize that they warn about the nefarious people and and the crusaders from Orion, nefarious evil people utilizing your dreams and subconscious to speak to you. And they just admitted that they do the same thing, okay? So, So being in tune with getting messages that are not your thoughts and discerning the difference between that become something that that I teach and many people that I work with teach because for you to realize that, again, that's the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing if it's existence on one hand. Uh, that's also the first step in being aware and uh, awake is to, to, to realize that you're getting information that is either from your higher self, your guides, or from another source and to be able to discern the difference when you have a thought and when it's yours and when it is something to itself, that, that in and of itself is part of what I talk about on my uh, defense against the dark arts uh, videos, which uh, they, I only been able to find one, but Cassie was able to find two uh, and there was three that were out there and I don't know where, and they got deleted off of Google, but there are two that she's aware of that she was able to listen to. However, I talk about it all the time. So you can either go back two years and listen to that or just listen to what I'm saying. So here, let's continue.
0: This makes this group able to be aware of a focal or vibrational source of information. 14.26 questioner. When you contact the entities in their dreams and otherwise, these entities, I assume.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not answering your guys' questions, am I? Let me look at the chat here. Denise says, is there a way to know what my name means or why I was named this? Not sure I'm, I'm wondering it or wording it right. You can look up your name. You can look up Denise and see what Denise means. Denise is the feminine of Dennis. Uh, and Dennis, I believe, is like Michael, and it's uh, one who is like God, but don't quote me. You can look up your name and, and find out. You can look up your last name, your middle name, your all of your names, and find out my names are titles. My names are literally, my name is Leonard. That is a, an older German version of the word Lionheart. Uh, the Greek would be Leonidas. Um, the, the Russian would be either Leonard or Lenin uh, or Lenit. That would be also German, uh, uh, but that means Lionheart. Leonard, lion. Leo is the Greek word for lion. Lionheart or strength of the lion. My middle name is Edward, that means guardian. My last name is O'Neill, which O is O apostrophe means son of or bloodline of Neil, and Neil is champion. So my name is literally Lionheart, guardian, champion of the people. That is what my names mean. All names mean something, and that's why I didn't like in Pulp Fiction when the the girl asked uh, Butch. Uh, Your name is Butch. You know, she had that accent. What does this name mean? He said, I'm American, honey. Our Our names don't mean shit. That's a lie. And that's that is uh, what the mainstream 3D reality will have you believe that your name doesn't mean anything. It was just happenstance because you were just happened to be born uh, to this family and had no say over that whatsoever. That's all part of the mind wiping that doesn't want you to know your own lineage. That's why I tell people, I mean, people go, well, you're just a white racist and all you're worried about is a white race. No, no, no. I just happen to be, uh, you know, Viking. But that doesn't mean that I'm, uh, you know, that I'm a Nazi. Uh, and that I believe that the Aryans should rule the entire world. That just happens to be what I am. Uh, and, and so I, I look at that. But, the, but but that's not what my soul is. That's what this physical body is. but but you have to realize that on a 3D level, if you're only focused on the 3D in this in this illusion thinking it's real, then you also obviously think that the thinking mind is you and that your ego is also you. So you're so locked into the prison, that's what this is for. This entire experience is here as a as a as a game. It's a rattle, a baby's rattle for you to play with. It's it's not, it's akin to you laying in your playpen, looking up, and there is a mobile hanging in the air that your parents put there for you to have something to look at and and start learning from. That is what this reality is. It is literally the same thing and you're supposed to at some point sit up and try to look around to realize I got to climb over this wall and fall out onto the ground out there and then learn. And not to cry when you fall on the ground out there because then your, your, your gatekeepers, your prison master, come and picks you up. And, oh, there, there, little one, and puts you back in their prison again. And then you figure all that out and don't cry. And you get out there and start trying to wiggle and scooch around. And eventually they think it's cute. And they pull you out and they want you to learn how to crawl. And then eventually they want you to learn how to walk. And then eventually they want you to learn how to walk fast and then run. But they don't do that until you start doing it and you go against them when they keep pushing you in there until they start wanting to get you out. So you have to show them that you want to be out. This is what's going on. The 3D, everything that's playing out in this illusion is the same education that your soul is going through and it's playing out before your eyes to help accentuate and to, for you to realize because you're seeing it happen in, the, in this illusion on, to, on this movie that you're looking out at, thinking is real, is, is playing all of the things that your soul is trying to learn. So, and at some point, you're supposed to realize that and, and utilize this to your advantage to learn the things that you're here to learn and to start ignoring this reality and move on from that. But your name means something. Your DNA means something. Your country of origin means something. I don't care where you came from on the planet. You should be proud of whatever race you are, even if you're on Heinz 57. Be proud of that. Because that means that your DNA, you have to realize the DNA, all of the DNA strands that are on this planet are in fact genetic royalty to the universe. All, let me repeat that. All DNA strands that are human on this earth are DNA royalty. They are the DNA of 7 to 14, some say more, alien species who came here and donated their DNA to make the human race. And the, and the one, uh, 25%, 24% of the entire universe is bipedal human. That's how much we like this form. one quarter of the universe almost one quarter of the universe is human uh, and, and with subtle differences, different differences d- depending on the, the reality that is going on. so your physiology might be a little bit different but you are literally are bipedal and human you might have organs a little bit different uh, in different places uh, than you have here We have de- we have organs on in our body that, that have no function on this earth. That should tell you that uh, that th- there's DNA in our bodies that are that are not from this Earth, that can survive on a different planet, that have a function on another planet. Think about that. Science knows this. I'm not making this up because I, I invented ancient aliens worldwide. The the you know the group that's uh, closing in on 300,000 members. I'm not trying to to prove that there's aliens out there. I know they are. I've met them. Okay. So you can believe that or not you have free will here that's the whole purpose of this experiment whole purpose of this 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 thing that we call reality this illusion is for that <laughs> Okay so you have to at some point you're supposed to become the adult you're supposed to transition in your uh, spirituality to realize and not just live in the mundane now it, it, you don't get it all done in one lifetime. It takes seven to 10 lifetimes. So depending on where you are in your development, you might not be capable of, of waking up and you're going to not be listening to me by now. You would have already tuned out. You'll already be gone. If you got here for the very first time and you're listening to me and you're not, and you're not, so you're not here. Those of you who are still here listening to me, it's because you're awake enough to stay here. Other people show up in five seconds, 30 seconds, two minutes. They're like, I'm out. Those are people that, uh, that I'm trying to help but they're not the ones that I'm I'm actually looking for, okay? Because if because if you are on life two, one, two, three, four, five, I, I can't help you, right? You have to, you're not even to a place where you will be able to understand what I'm saying, let alone not be angry with me and you wouldn't be tuning in for a second. What is this law of one's crap? And you read what it says. So channeling, that's not even real. There must be demons anyways. I'm not even gonna look at that unless you think you're, you know, I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna troll him. And that usually happens for about a second and a half. I see you and go, boom, and kick you out, right? Go to somewhere else if you want to troll, right? So so if you're here still, or unless you just got here a minute ago, but if you're here longer than two or three minutes, it's because something that I'm saying in, in your mind, your thing, maybe I should stick around for a second, and, 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 you know, because it doesn't sound too crazy, right? But then if, when I get to a place, because I, I constantly, I speak in parables, and I constantly start at a low vibration and, and start working my way back up to a higher vibration. So at some point, I'm going to pull all of you past your, your point of no return. I'm going to pull you to an uncomfortable place where your mind is going to be like completely slammed. And you're going to go, okay, now he's just gone around the bend, right? That, that's inevitable. There's only maybe I would say right now in this audience, I would say there's probably two people, maybe maybe only one that won't have that happen at all while I'm talking today, okay? Out of all of you that are here. And that, that, I'm not saying that because I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be superior. And, no, no, no. I'm saying that because that is what I'm here to do. My, not just me, but there's billions of us and millions of us worldwide that are doing this on purpose, okay? I am here to take your vibration and pull it while I'm speaking to you and raise your vibration As far as I can pull you every single time I speak to you, whether I'm typing to you in the chat or whether I'm speaking to you in person or if I'm online like this. So know that. So don't get angry when I pull you to a point uh, and then you go, "Oh, okay, he's fucking lost me. Hold on a second, because when I get done with that parable, I'm going to drop back down to a place and start on you again. And I'm going to probably tell you the same story, but it's going to be a different story, but the same parable. It's going to mean the same thing, but you won't realize that at first. And then if you do, and you and I bore you, because you realize that I'm talking on parables, and you think, oh man, this he's talking to children. I get, he's just this is boring. I did that when reading a book where a guy did that. He would give seven parables, which is what I do, and I would read the first one. Then when he would start the second one, I'm like, okay, blah 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 blah. He's just it's the same story with with a new scenario, with with different people. Let me skip to the next one. And then I I was like, okay, so I get it after the after. Con, you know, After actually confirming to myself that it's seven parables, I would just flip to the, okay, let's go to the next example and the new parables because I don't need all those parables. But the reason that people do that, Jesus spoke that way. Every person who speaks to the masses realizes that. There are seven different ways people learn and we learn those seven ways and we learn how to say things in those seven vibrations. And then we try to pull you up into higher vibrations, which means that we literally start out talking on on a very low level to your lizard brain. And then we just start pulling you as we talk. And because I'm a a Druid, because I have a Merlin title uh, that there is bard training in the tone of my voice, the speed of my cadence, the words that I use, the way that I say things is all done on purpose, and it's done that way to, to harmonize and to get into your head and resonate in your head in a positive way. I'm not trying to lead, In any of you who listen to me for any length of time, you know that I'm not trying to get a harem. I'm not trying to control. I'm not trying to set up some crazy church. I'm not trying to set up something to where I am your teacher, and you will give me all your money. None of that, okay? In fact, I incentivize you to learn from me and at some point leave and not need me anymore. Because if I do my job properly, you will become my teacher and you won't need to listen to me speak anymore because you will fully get what I'm saying. And I and there will be a time in your life, I hope, that you won't learn anything new from me. Unless, well, not that's that I say that, but I preface that with. The truth is I hope that never really happens because I hope that I am completely evolving as well as and learning from you and other people around the planet in that eventually I am, uh, you know, because I'm learning, I'm able to continue uh, and, and, uh, uh, and keep you interested in what I have to say. But if I don't uh, and I get stagnant to where nobody's listening, then that should tell me something as well, right? now and then I, I must be full of myself and I think I know everything and so I'm not learning, right? So, uh, you know, but the truth is, the, 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 you know, that's what Yoda was telling Luke Skywalker just before Luke, you know, like a month or two before Luke died uh, was that, you know, that's the curse of a teacher is that we hope that we become the student at some point and that the our student no longer needs our tutelage and then we should be wise enough to realize that we need to be learning from them as well. And, you know, even Sun Tzu, when, when he wrote, you know, 3,000, 4,000 years ago now, uh, the art of war realized that and said for a true leader to lead, they have to follow. And if a true leader wants people to follow them, they have to learn to follow him. And the only way that someone will follow you is because you follow them first. So that is the, the preface of Ra saying, learn, teach, teach, learn learn slash teach teach slash learn because if I'm not learning from you guys and from my own teaching then I am all ego because then I, I think I know everything and that you know just listen to what I ought to tell you I'll tell you what I'd do in that if I were you you should do this and that and you know then I'm not learning anything and I'm fooling myself and I'm not the teacher you should be following and that's what you should use when you're following somebody or listening to somebody speak You know, I there was a a post it was a really nice post that this guy posted to the world. Uh, and it was in uh, both I think uh, law of one chat and returning to the old ways chat about I don't know, guess a month ago now and I listened to his video and the guy was saying all of these wonderful things about everybody uh, that you see if you watch my reels that I do too. remember that you're a rock star and you're beautiful and you count and you and you have uh, power and you have strength and all of this and all these beautiful affirmations and and, and propping you up and then he ended with, And I'm so proud that you are here with me on this journey. Do you see? Do you understand what that means? So after all of these things that this person said, the last thing they said to the world was, I'm in charge, and I am honored that you are following me. You are here with me putting themselves above everyone else in the entire human race as the person that everyone is following you're here with me not i'm here i'm honored to be here with you not i'm honored that we are all here together but i am honored that you are here with me on this journey so that person whether they know it or not there's a lot of ego in that person and that's and that's you know what freud would call a freudian slip but you know, I don't really count Freud because Freud had an Oedipus complex and he told the whole world that everybody had an Oedipus complex and that you were always either secretly in love and wanting to have sex with your mother or you were secretly in love and wanting to have sex with your father, um, which is just not true. You do love them and you do emulate that. It, it's unfortunate. It's part of our psyche. It doesn't have to do with sex. It has to do with our upbringing that we respect our parents, our mother and our father, and we kind of try to look for somebody who will love us the way mom did unconditionally or the way father did unconditionally, depending on whether or not you had that dynamic with your parents. And if you didn't, there's some father and mother figure, whether it's a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, a friend, there, you you look for that. That is part of our DNA, and Freud should have realized that. But then again, Freud wrote this over 100 years ago. So it is possible that the technology back then, I mean, they were still doing bloodlettings with leeches, Uh, in in thinking that that would cure you of of smallpox. Okay, so that should tell us uh, a little bit about, you know, you have to realize, and that's what, you know, when you're learning about history and you're learning something that's being taught, you have to look at when it was being taught and what it was being taught, what was the technology at the time uh, and what was reality at the time. Uh, Because some of the stuff you have to take with a grain of salt, because it's based in uh, a fact, there was a time when uh, people just believed that slavery was just the way things worked. OK, and it was part of the system and it was the way it worked. And so it was natural that everyone had slaves, even though it was wrong then and it was wrong now. But they were brought up in a society that it was just normal to rape and pillage slaves and do whatever you wanted to them and kill them if you felt like it. They were property. So those people, you have to take some of that with a grain of salt. So it, it, it does that leak into their uh, ideology as well right? So the same thing goes. You have this character who said these things that were very positive, and if you could edit his video and take out the last line of his video, uh, everything he said was a very positive thing, and I would give him a thumbs up for an A for effort for trying. But the truth is that the very last thing that person said was, I'm honored that you are here with me on this journey. I'm more important than you, and you're here with me, I'm with you. See, that's so he was telling everybody that you're you're with me. I'm the one who's who's the important one and in charge. And you got whether he meant it or not, doesn't matter. It was it is said that way. Okay. And that's why I don't say things like that. And that's why I become aware of that. And he, if he was as awake as he claimed. Should have been aware of that and tried to stop himself from saying those things. Just like I don't try to say "understand" because that means literally it's a negative thing that you tell a subordinate. Do you understand me? Well, I mean, let's let's seriously try to take those words and break them down for what they mean. That means, do you stand under me? Do you do you bend to my will? Do you see me as your better and in charge? And when I tell you something, you believe it because I said so right do you understand me that's what that means that's why i say do you understand right that's why i try to get and change that that's why i point out things like equality being changed to equity and harassment being changed to harassment look up the word harassment and look up the word harassment and they'll tell you now it's just a matter of potato potato but those two words had completely different meanings before they blended those words together and started using the word harassment in place of the word harassment okay the same thing goes with equity. Look up what equity meant from all of time until, until four years ago when they started officially using it in everything. Just like when they used to say, before they used to say, top of mind. And that became a thing. And quickly, all the commercials and everyone on television uh, grabbed a hold of it and started saying top of mind. Before that, they would say, it's on my mind. Or uh, I'm aware of that. Now, all of a sudden, that's top of mind. You see, there's a difference in what those things mean. It's very subtle, but it, but they convince you because they say the same thing over and over and over that it means something that it doesn't truly mean. There's a reason for that. Nefariousness changes the the meaning of words, and minces words. Look up that word, and changes the meanings of them, and gives you a word that doesn't mean exactly what you think, and it's a little confusing. When they say it, and you go, wait a minute, I thought that was his other word. It means the same thing they tell you. And if you don't look those words up, they change them in the definitions to where all of a sudden now they mean those words. Just like I pointed out in last week's uh, show with the words Anunnaki and how quickly since since 1948 and then 2012, that went from being literally the translation from, uh, from Sitchin, uh, meaning the god Enki or the god Anu, I'm sorry, the god Anu, came from heaven to earth to in 2012, Giorgio Tsoukalos changing that to those from the heavens came. Now it became a race of people. And now Anunnaki means a race of people when even the wrongful translation actually meant the god Anu. One person, a god, came to earth. And now it's an entire species came to earth. And now Marduk is now... Marduk or Anunnaki Marduk. So now Marduk is now Anunnaki. Marduk was Marduk for the first 5,000 years of, of that uh, storyline until they changed it in, in this is 2023. They changed it in 2020. 2019 or 2020, they added that in. And now all of a sudden, Marduk is now, his. the name Marduk is now Anunnaki Marduk or Marduk Anunnaki. Okay, so literally the name of a god from Sumeria, has now and and Anunnaki has been added to the list. It wasn't there for all of time when I read the scrolls until 2020, and by that time everybody was swearing that Anunnaki meant a race of people. So then they had to find the place where they fit in. So then they said, well, they mentioned them in the or in the in the Mesopotamian scrolls. So therefore, they have to be put into the whole pantheon of gods and the breakdown of gods. So they went, well, when did they announce it and where was that? And so there's where it fits. Uh, and now Marduk, who was the great, or was the grandson of Tiamat, is now somehow from a different species as a god. Even though he's a god, but now he's from a different race. Weird, because a god is a god. A god is not from a race in the 3D. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying, right? I'm a theologian. It's not like I've studied religion my entire life and philosophical uh, ideology and mythology. No, I don't know what I'm talking about because I don't have a piece of paper. Right. to some guy uh, that, that scrolled on and put a little stamp on it saying, I officially say this man knows what he's talking about. OK, because when did that start? When did you have to have a piece of paper and walk around with a scroll in your pocket? Here's a scroll. I don't know that guy. How do I know that you didn't make that up? Oh, wait, I know that guy. I'm walking with another guy who knows a guy. Right. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. He's, he's very famous. He's really, yeah. He's his teacher. And, he's so, and he saw Oh, okay. So you have a witness that says that this guy's real. That's, that's all that is. That's just a piece of paper where somebody wrote something down and then somebody else. And that's why they started having a stamp and they called it a seal. There's a seal. I has a stamp right here. That's official. That means that this came from a certain place and we all know it. That's the same thing as money. Money doesn't mean anything at all, but when it's printed, and everybody agrees to it. The American dollar is worth something because we've all decided that it is. And when you have an American piece of paper in your hand and it has a it has some some deity from of the religion of America on on the cover of it, or if you're uh, at any part of the realm the, of the United Kingdom, you have some queen uh, or, or somebody or other pictures of some royalty on there. Then all, all of a sudden, uh, there's your gods, and now all of a sudden that means something. And you all just believe it, and then they tell you that certain things cost, and you have to give them certain pieces of paper for it. That doesn't mean that they're worth anything, but you believe that it is. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? Do you see what I'm saying? So that's your free will being usurped by control. That is the whole purpose of everything that I just said. Okay. Understand, yeah, Penny says, I understand you, right? So okay let's let's continue. So that's my point in that everything that I'm saying is to get you to realize and to open up your mind to the to the realization that every all you know or think you know is a lie. And you have to unlearn everything. Everything you've ever learned in your life is suspect at best. Okay. Everything that you know and think you know is suspect at best if you want to really get to the bottom of what reality is. And you have to realize that. You have to turn everything upside down and unlearn everything and start over and look at things with fresh eyes. That's why I always say the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. If you don't know the trap's there, you don't even know you're in it. So you have to be aware of a trap. You have to be aware of a thing before you can see the thing. They know that, and that's why they take the thing away from you. So you can't see it, even though it's right in front of your eyes. You still can't see it because they don't let you know it's even there. So if you don't know what you're looking for, you can't see it. That's what they've taken from you.
0: Have to be first seeking in the direction of the law of one. Is this correct? Ra, I am Ra. This is correct. For example, the entities of the nation of Egypt were in a state of pantheism as you may call the distortion towards separate worship of various portions of the Creator. We were able to contact one whose orientation was towards the one. 14.27 Questioner, The Trauma, I'll just call it that I assume this will, as the cycle ends, have some inconvenience inaudible. There will be some entities who start seeking or get catalyzed. You might say telepathy or written material such as we will publish as this book. Ra, I am Ra, you are correct 14.28 questioner can you tell me who Ra, I am Ra, this was transmitted by one of confederation social memory complex status whose idea, as offered to the council, was to use some of the known physical history of the so-called religions or religious distortions of your cycle in order to veil and partially unveil aspects or primal distortions of the law of one.
1: That book's really hard to get a hold of, by the way, and and he's pronouncing it, Ops, oops, oops. let me go and get, I have a, I tried to get a hold, a copy of it, hold on one second, I am gonna, uh, there will be a blank screen for a second here, I I, I didn't realize that he was talking about it now, I was just looking at it, I have a a, a synopsis of that book, um, that I've been trying to get a hold of that, in fact, that particular book for a long time, so I'll get you the spelling of it, so I'll be right back in just a second, let me go and grab it from my library, okay? Okay, sorry. I had to run into the other room and grab it off my shelf in the library. Okay, so the so the book is actually entitled. It's, it, he was saying it, it's oops, and it's O A H S P E. Okay, and um, I've been trying to get a, a copy of it. And what I did get is a little pamphlet that's only about I don't know sixty or so pages, and it's break, basically breaking down the book, and talking about it and the language that's in there. Um, I'm gonna eventually get the entire book. In fact, I even have notes to myself uh, where where I was doing comparative, just like I do when I'm when I'm reading. Um, I even showed uh, the law of one and where it was talking about the law of one, and uh, he's referring to that now. Dawn is asking about that, and this was channeled in I think it was the 1800s um, by someone, and he's utilizing, and this is what he's talking about now, utilizing the language. Um, that is uh, the wording that is being spoken uh, biblically uh, in, in the in the uh, channeling, and this was um, this was done by um, by a guy in the 1800s. I'm trying to find here where it says exactly that when it was channeled. But this is what Raw is talking about right now. Uh, 1883, as a matter of fact, uh, was when it was published the first time, and so it was channeled by a guy in the language. Uh, that you would read in the Bible, and it was done because he was a religious person. And uh, some people, you know, that the, when you're writing, I'm I am an author. I've written three books, and um, I wrote them very raw with a lot of gr- grammatical errors and spelling uh, problems because I didn't want to pay uh, a ton of money. I was hard. It was bad enough. I published the entire thing myself. Paid for it myself. So for me to 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 uh, publish it right, 1882, the New Bible. Yeah, it's kind of like. Uh, yeah, that was when the new Bible came out. But this one uh, is, that's why if you look at now, like the Bible, they have like the, you know, the the new American version of the Bible where they've translated the Bible into modern day language. And they, the reason they do that is because the average American has a, a seventh grade reading uh, capability or less. Um, that's why uh, a lot of people have problems. Giorgio Tsoukalos and the guys from Ancient Aliens had a big problem because they were talking like nerds, like um, Don, here in the six books that are The Law of One, uh, talking like a nerd, and nobody understands what he's saying. No one understands what he's saying. Not very many people, anyways. Uh, and Ra's doing the same thing. Uh, so biblically, people are used to the Bible and, uh, and, and being able to discern what's happening. Uh, on the on the surface, at least in 3D, by that that verbiage. So um, this person that that uh, entities that channeled. This is what Ross is talking about right now. Utilized that verbiage, and that's literally what he's saying. When I paused it to come through, and uh, getting a hold of that book is actually really hard. Uh, and and that's the name of it. And I and I tried to get this one by Nelson Jones, J. Nelson Jones, and uh, it's literally only about 80 pages long. Uh, And it's basically like a book report of that other book that was, and I'm still trying to get a copy of it. I am a theologian. I try to read everything that has to do with prophecy and religion, philosophy, uh, mythology, uh, all of that. And then because I come from a family that is, uh, is not only royalty, but in military forever uh, warriors and soldiers. I also read up on military history uh, globally from every from everywhere in every time period if I can if I can find it. So, uh, so that, that's what I've done my entire life. I'm literally, that's why one of the oracles calls me the history book, because I know just about everything that's happened on the planet. And, and I know a lot of things that have happened off world in this sector. Uh, I just happen to be able to tap into that and I draw on a lot of 3D knowledge that I've read. I have total recall. So when I read something, it doesn't take long for me to have it memorized, right? Uh, And so that's a curse and a blessing at the same time. Okay, so let's continue. So again, that is O-A-H-S-P-E as in Edward. uh, And it's actually a, um, a channeling session that was a book, thousand pages or so. Uh, that was basically telling the same thing, right? Same knowledge, because all the knowledge of awakening and ascension is basically the same. That's why the Dao Di Chi uh, by Lao Chi, Lao Qi was the name of the prophet. The Dao Di Chi means the book of the way. Taoism uh, is, is the way. Uh, is Ism is the practice of the way. Taoism. Um, and Dao Di Chi uh, is is the book of the way, and um, that was written in six between six twenty four and six or six thirty four and six twenty four BCE uh, in China at the exact same time that uh, the prince who became the Buddha also spoke and they copied everything down that the Buddha said. So it became two religions. Neither of which wanted them to be religions. They were supposed to be just information on how to ascend. And they became religions. And they are philosophical ideologies to this day. Taoism, uh, respectively, and uh, Buddhism have become two religions. And they're just the way to ascend. And it's no different than Judaism, Christianity, or any other religion on this earth. If you look at all of the religions... They are literally, if they have a creation story and they're telling you how to ascend to whatever you want to call it, heaven, Valhalla, Elysium, whatever you want to call it, uh, that place that is somewhere in the universe that's supposed to be Eden or a place that you go and forever and you live in peace and and forever and and, uh, all of that, all of and the creation of the earth itself, you're going to find, and I have, and those who are theologists, theologians have found that all of the scrolls that we read from anywhere on this earth are all telling of one of three or four versions of the exact same story, and the only difference in those stories is whether it's one male god, one female god, a dual male female god goddess, or a, um, a or a dual, dual androgynous male-female character that created the the Earth, the universe, solar system universe, how that was created, the story is almost identical. And on a 3D level, they are identical. So some uh, get stuck and believe, well, then that means the oldest one is, in fact, the one that everybody was based on. Um, that's the first step that you go down in that rabbit hole is to believe that, that each one is based on the one that's older. It must be because that one was older. And so these other ones uh, must've been based on that one. And, and cause that scroll is dated back further and further and further. And um, none of that's important. The truth is that, that the truth is not what you want it to be. <laughs> okay. The truth is not what anyone wants it to be. And they don't want you to know what the truth is because Hence the term, the truth will set you free, because the truth is knowledge. And knowledge is what they don't want you to know. So they would rather ban all that and say, yeah, 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 it's one of those old scrolls that was laying around. And the oldest one that we currently have would be the Mesopotamian scrolls, which they've changed and added the Anunnaki as a race of people that has now become a god. (laughs) It wasn't the god Anu, it's now Marduk. And he was somehow an Anunnaki. Right, But Anunnaki was the god Anu. That's an Arcadian god, not the Mesopotamian. Just because it was spoken around the same time in, a, in an area, that would be like uh, me saying the preamble to the Constitution of the United States and the Canadians saying something similar and me saying that, well, the United States was been around before the Canadians were around, so the Canadians must have, must have uh, uh, completely taken what the uh, United States was saying and, and made their religion after the United States. When they were completely separate, and they and they were uh, freed themselves, and he came up with the same ideology, and and their their whole uh, way of uh, of thinking is completely different, but yet similar. So just because they're similar, and because we coexisted, and, and we're neighbors, and have a common border that runs three thousand miles, doesn't mean that our that uh, all of our ideology is one hundred percent the same or based on anything that is the same. The United States government is based on a three thousand year old book called *The Republic*, written by Plato. Okay. The, the, I'll tell you right now that the the Canadian government is not based on the Republic written by Plato. Are they similar in some ways? Yes, because they had the same concept of freedom and 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 uh, liberty for people. Why? Because they were mostly French. The word liberty, *liberté* comes from France. It's a French word. <laughs> and they're they're very half of the country was French French Canadians, so and America also had a lot of French uh, 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 speaking people and influence in the United States. Hence, the Statue of Liberty, which was made and invented by a Frenchman and given to the United States, who in fact was part of the cabal at the time and a Freemason. Okay, so are there similarities? Yes, doesn't mean that that the, the Constitution of the United States and even that word Constitution uh, eventually will become a religion going down three thousand years from now. Uh, that doesn't mean that that is exactly what the Canadians and if they use the word Constitution, you can immediately assume that they're talking about the one that was written in America, just because they're neighbors. Well, obviously they were. They, it has to be the same word, it means the same thing because it's just the same word. Okay, how about the word tank and the word panzer? They mean the same thing, but they are completely different words. One's from German and one is English, and they're only 50 miles away from each other. And they're completely different words, but they mean the same thing. But if, uh, if panzer was the name of a god and somebody said tank, or then they used the word panzer and the panzer meant tank, meant armored division, And not a god, but somebody next door to them used that same word as to describe their god, like the word strength, force, okay? The force be with you. Think about that now. Let's let's talk about the word the force that is in the the religion, because it's actual religion on this planet now, of, of Jediism, which I have a title, Jedi Master title from in that religion, and the word force. By the French and the German people. Completely different meanings. And in America, it means something completely different as well. Force means strength. Over in Europe, but in America, it means me making you do something. I will force you to do something by my will. But what if the word force meant God in Germany? But in America, I'm using the term force. May the force be with you. Now, you're going to assume, if you're translating that, that my word force means may God be with you. When it doesn't, it means an entire concept that is beyond the aspect of a God. But if you only know the word force, meaning the word God, because you translated a German scroll, and I lived either in Germany or next to Germany, or here in the United States, only a a couple of hundred miles away, thousand miles away or so, and you saw that word and if, 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 what if that word was was Canadian and American? Are you going to assume that that word means that? That's what Zachariah Stitchin did with, with Anu when he saw it. Do you see? So lost in translation means something. So to actually understand or understand and, and to decipher what someone says a thousand years ago, five thousand years ago, you have to learn the language of the time to understand, understand the reference of the verbiage. Another example is in the, in the, the language at the time, the Pharisee language and the Sanskrit language that Jesus the Christ spoke two thousand years ago. In that time, the language that was predominantly spoke by the Hebrews was was Sanskrit and Pharisee, and the word that they used, "companion" has a completely different meaning three thousand years or two thousand years later to us. Back then, that meant spouse. Now, that means my buddy dude i hang out with some chick my companion we we go movies together we hang out and travel together that's all that means now but it meant husband or wife two thousand years ago in that country so to translate that into modern terms you can cast doubt on what it means by saying where's the word companion it just means buddy now that's all that means what did it mean at the time it was written Changes the entire perspective of Mary Magdalene and Jesus' relationship. Do you see? But Sitchin said it meant the God Anu, so therefore it has to mean the God Anu. However, the people who translated that and understand and teach that language tell you it doesn't mean that. Okay. But I'm called a liar and don't know what I'm talking about. And people say, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Because they want to push the narrative that the Anunnaki is a species. Why they're doing that is because they have been convinced by nefariousness to do so. And they've been mind tricked or or gaslit or Jedi mind tricked into doing that. And they call me the crazy one. When facts don't matter anymore, it's when you know that you're in trouble. And that's what's going on in the world now. Facts don't mean anything. Cancellation because you are not going along with the narrative is the the currency of the realm today. Until people just ignore them, which is what's happening, and stand up and, and speak the truth. I was knighted by the Roman Catholic Church. And for those of you out there who are thinking in the 3D and thinking racism, no, it does not mean because I am knighted that I am in the Ku Klux Klan. Well, there are knights, knights of the Ku Klux Klan. Yes, and there was a thing called a knight on this planet for over 4,000 years. It had nothing to do with racism. Okay. And part of my, my oath is to speak the truth, even if it leads to my death. And I believe that. I live it. So when I say something to you, I'm not going to try and mislead you. If you think that, change channel and go somewhere else, right? I'm all right with that. So this is the thing that is the hardest to believe in this reality is that somebody is actually speaking the truth to you. Until you start being able to perceive it. And even then, you're skeptical. I know people that follow me now that have had that conversation with me and said, "It took me almost a year to convince myself that I couldn't find anywhere where you were trying to mislead me or anyone else." But I kept waiting for it because I just knew it was going to happen because it does. Everybody is is, is that way, so it's just going to happen. That's good to do that as a scientist. When people would say to me, "Oh, you've been, you know, you want aliens to exist, you're trying to prove it." Like, you don't know anything about me, obviously, because if you were in any of the think tanks that I've been in in my life, you would realize that I have tried to disprove everything. As a scientist, that's what you do. You don't try to prove anything. You prove a theory by trying to disprove the theory over and over and over and over and over until you can't. And then when you can't disprove it, then you go, hmm, this is compelling. It can't be disproven. We might want to look into it as if it might be legit. However, I'm still going to try and disprove it at every cost. Because if you can disprove a thing, then it's just not a real thing. But if you can't, then what is it? So when people say, you know, I didn't believe any word you said, I tell you that. On every episode, don't believe a word I've said, go out there. I used to say this on every episode. I'm starting to say it again because I had forgotten to say it for a while. And then then I said it in a conversation and went, wow, I need to get back to doing that. I would literally tell everybody in every episode, don't believe a word I've said to you. Look it all up for yourself. And if you find somewhere where you think you've found that I am wrong, let me know and I'll put you on air so that we can talk about it. You could tell the entire world because I'm not above that. I'm not perfect. I don't know everything. My God, I, I believe what Socrates said. That the more you know, the more you realize you don't know anything. That's not verbatim, by the way. It's not a direct quote, but the idea is there. And that's true. So the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know anything. Because there's so much more that I don't know. There's more than I don't know than I'll ever know in this lifetime. To know that and to admit that. If, is the first step of, of avoiding the trap because then I'm not in, I'm not egoic and I'm not thinking that I know everything. Do you see? So you have to realize that in everything. So so I encourage people to disbelieve what I have to say and and try to figure it out on their own. And then at some point, if you are resonate with me, then can by all means continue to listen. But also don't just listen. I encourage people and would love to have you guys on live all the time so that you guys can say things in the, in the chat. And then I can talk to you guys and, and either answer or try to answer what you have to say or learn from what you have to say or both. Do you see? That is what it's about. If I stop learning, I'm not doing something right. If I stop teaching, I'm not doing something right. Right? All right, let's continue.
0: All names can be taken to be created for their vibrational characteristics. The information buried within has to do with a deeper understanding of love and light and the attempts of infinite intelligence through many messengers to teach slash learn those entities of your sphere.
1: See, now let's go backwards, right? Remember what I said, everything that I say is going to be pertained to. So your name, your date of birth, the place you were born, your DNA, what did did Roger say? (laughs) Right. Okay. So everything about you, is trying to scream out to you what what you designed as your life. In, and that's literally a reflection of your immortal soul. What you represent in the third dimension is what you're here with or as with your soul. It's what you're learning. It's what you are. It's, and it's trying to remind you as a representation of your soul as to who you are. And that's that's part of helping you wake up. And that's what it's designed for. But when they take that knowledge from you, you don't get to know that your name means anything, your birth means anything, your DNA means anything, the race that you were born means anything. All of that is taken from you and you were just a happenstance and none of that matters. And you're not even immortal. You're just a person. Do what I say. Don't not as I do. Shut up or I'll, or I'll kill you, slave, because that's what that's controlling the matrix and getting you just to live in the 3D until you die and you just recycle over and over and over and over. And, over and each time they never let you learn anything. The only thing they let you learn is how to serve them. That's what they have been doing. That's what's happening to everybody all the time. And, oh, man, that's a crazy conspiracy theory, Leo. You're nuts. You're out of your fucking mind. Okay. Go go back and, and serve your master and, and tune in to watch some chick bouncing around with no bra on and something skimpy and, and then follow her links to where you can see her naked. Or the same thing with some guy. Watch him uh, showing you his butt and his muscles and his pee-pee till you can see him naked. Uh, or, uh, or, you know, I don't do any of that stuff. I'm not hooked on porn. You're not. So do you, are you, what do you watch food porn? Watch people cooking car porn. You watch people working on cars. What do you, you, you got something because that's what they do is they get you hooked on something. You got something. You're either a potter, a planter, a cooker, a cleaner, a Uh, A sports person or a music person or everything that's mundane and 3D. You have something that they want you to focus on in the third dimensional level. It has nothing to do with spirituality or looking within yourself. And they want you locked into that part of a team, spending your money, Doing what they tell you, going to their schools, going to their jobs, going to their everything, worshiping their their monetary system, worshiping the state or the government, and uh, and just falling in line. And then you—that's why they call them programs on television. Program your brain and tell you what to think, who to hate, how to walk, what to eat, when to eat it, how to dress, where to go, when to do it. And if you sk- if you start getting out of line, you get in trouble. You get too much out of line, it puts you in prison for no reason. They prove to you that they're in charge by physically taking you from your freedom. It's all they have. That's the only thing they have to do. That's why in Hamlet, Hamlet said when he said, I, I will take my leave of you. Remember when it, that's what the, uh, uh, what's his name? Was his name Polonius? I remember his name, the chorus, uh, and uh, Ophelia's uh, father. And he said, What did he say to him? Do you remember? There's nothing. That you can take from me that I would be more willingly uh, let you take except my life. So he was saying that there's nothing means anything to me. You can take everything from me. The only thing I won't let you take is my life. Right? Other than that, I don't care what you do. And that was what he was saying. You're of no consequence to me. You can take anything from me. You want to take your leave. You can take anything from me except my life. And that, that right there, it, on the 3D level, you're, you're thinking, okay, he's just some defiant, you know, kid. But the truth is, he realized he's a mortal soul, and his life was his. Other than that, you can take whatever you want. I'll give it to you. There is nothing you can take that I would, more, would not be more willingly part with, except my life. Still not a direct quote. Close enough. You read Hamlet. Hamlet, you'll see that. This The the information and the knowledge is in everything there for you to find. Okay. It's there for you to see. You just have to have the eyes to see it in the, in the, the knowledge, the mind to see, and the eyes to see, and the ears to hear. And they tell you that in everything, in the Bibles and everything. Let him who hath the understanding reckon the number of the beast. Let him who have the ears to hear and the eyes to see. Jesus said that in Revelations. All right, let's continue.
0: Fourteen point two. Not
1: he didn't say the number of the beast part. He said the latter, not the former. <laughs> the former was a different place in the Bible. Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast. Its number is six, three, score, and six, or in the modern version, six hundred and sixty-six. Right, Iron Maiden, a great band, rock band that came out of the '80s in the in England, out of the UK, had a song called "The Number of the Beast." <laughs> Album. <of them. laughs> Great, great band. Uh, a lot of their songs are very awake. A lot of bands' songs are very awake, and people don't realize that. All right, let's continue.
0: I'm questioner. Have there been any other books that you can name that are available for this purpose that have been given by the Confederation? Ra, I am Ra. We cannot share this information, for it would distort your discernment patterns in your future. You may ask about a particular volume. 14.30 questioner, the Urantia book, which I haven't read. Who gave that? Ra, I am Ra. This was given by a series of discarnate entities of your own earth planes, the so-called inner planes. This material is not passed by the council. 14.31 questioner, the Edgar Casey material.
1: We'll get into that too. Uh, Pamela, I wanted to uh, talk about what you're saying right there. She says, I felt like I would probably never catch up with half the knowledge some of you have here. Um, that is, that's ego telling you uh, those things. Don't listen to that at all. Uh, and, and the reason I say that is, is that the ego will always tell you that you're not good enough, or it will tell you, you are the best on the, in the world. It's one or the other fear or, or um, prosperity. The, the ego is, it will do that. You are, you are exactly where you are supposed to be. I do not assume that I am the most woke person on the face of the earth, By far, I hope, I say this all the time, if I'm the best we got, we're in trouble, okay? Because I am a work in progress. So don't think that, you know, oh, you guys are so much far more advanced and awake than I am. That that thinking is what holds you back because you're you're defeating yourself and saying, I'm not as good as and you're comparing yourself to someone else. When you start when you continue to compare yourself to anyone besides yourself, that is that is defeating. You're defeating yourself. You're being you're being not objective, but subjective. So don't feel that way. Start. That's some of the stuff that you have to work on to get out of the the training that has been uh, put on to us by society at all times and with the trap of the mind that is the ego and the thinking mind right so that's what being aware of the trap the first step in avoiding the trap is knowing it of its existence the mere thought that myself if i were to do that and and try to and, and and try to um to gauge myself by all of you who listen to me i could easily get the the understanding that i'm far superior and then listen to my ego. My ego would say, you're the best in the world and they will all listen to you and you should be leading everyone. And then I'm now I'm leading with my ego, which means that I'm, I'm beneath you. Do you see? So, so when you find yourself with these thoughts, this is what a a lot of what I was saying earlier without saying it the way I'm saying it now when when you start, these are the things that we have to. It's like the secret. I don't know if you know the, the the books and the movies that was called the secret that came out in the 90s. I think you might be old enough to remember that. Um, you might have been very young in the 90s. I don't know how old you are. Um, I'm 55. I know you're not my age. You're younger than I am. I'm sure of that. Um, but my my point is, if you if you realize what the what the secret is, the secret was. The, the the secret to everything. In fact, when when they came out with that and they were talking about, it, I remember my brother looking at me. My little brother looked at me and said, "Dude, our father was teaching us this when we were kids." So I'm like, "Yes, I know, right?" It, it, because he was, but he he wasn't using those that verbiage, calling it the secret, just like the way Dao De Chi, the book of the way, just you know the Dao. Um, what, you know, not being said those words, but the the whole the, the the entire way to look look at uh, okay let's look at it from from the perspective of Carl Jung Carl Jung t- called it the shadow work uh, the ancient Egyptians and the people in that area including Mesopotamia when they were talking about the inner self they were talking about the they used the the vernacular underworld so when they talked about the the underworld it didn't mean and now it's been it's, it's been corrupted so when they say the god of the underworld well, that must have been the evil Satan so in Christianity and the Western Judeo uh, ideology and Judeo-Christianity, they've merged the two and blended those in a way that is corrupted to have you believe that the devil is the same as the god of the underworld. And the underworld meant the devil and hell. And hell was borrowed from the ancient East in the Chinese uh, philosophical way of thought. Uh, And that there was this underworld that was a bad place and purgatory. And then they took all of that and blended it together into one ideology of this thing they invented that was called hell. And they did that on purpose so that you wouldn't realize that when they were speaking of the underworld in all of these religions that are more than 2,000 years old, especially the ones that are are 3 and 4 and 5 and 6,000 years old, the underworld, was what they literally meant was inside of yourself. When you went into the underworld, you went into a place that was a darkness that was in a vibration that would help you to completely disorient you from the reality of the world. You had no sight, no sound, no taste, no smell, no touch of this three-dimensional world. So the only thing you had to focus on was your own thoughts and what was going on in your head. So going into the underworld literally meant going into yourself. Do Do you see? So... But they can't have you believing that, so they had to teach you and corrupt that into the belief that when they were talking about the underworld, they were talking about something evil and dark, right? Now, let's look forward in time uh, where George Lucas showed the same thing with the Jedi when Luke was on the moon, uh, the Hoth, with uh, Yoda being taught by Yoda, and they are in the swamp, and there's this place that goes underground into a cave, and Luke sees it, and he says i feel cold there's something you know dark uh, there and yoda says you know a place of uh, of evil of the of the dark side is strong there and he said in you must go okay so he prefaced it by telling him rightly so because it was a lesson that he was supposed to learn but he didn't get to tell him that that that's a place that's strong with the dark side and in you must go And then Luke grabs his belt that has his lightsaber and his gun on it. And he said, your weapons, your lightsaber, you will need them not. And he said, what's in there, Luke says to Yoda. And he says, only what you take with you. So he straps on the guns and the lightsaber anyway. And he goes down into the cave, into the underworld. And while he's in there, nothing from the outside world is now uh, in any way affecting him. And he's in a completely different foreign environment. With a completely different energy, and then all of a sudden, it looks like Darth Vader walks up. And what does Luke do? He pulls out his lightsaber and he draws it and turns it on. And uh, and uh, before Darth Vader, uh, Darth Vader pulls his out and turns his on. Luke attacks. He's being aggressive. He's attacking. He started the conflict, and he didn't. He didn't wait to find out what was going on. He assumed. And then he's fighting, and then he chops off the head, the mask explodes. For those of you who you know, you have to see what's going on. And it's Luke's face in there. Luke comes out, realizes he was fighting against himself, and uh, then he comes out and he and and Yoda was like, That's why you failed. Because later he says the words, I don't believe it. And he says, That's why you failed. The same thing happened in the story of the of the sword and the stone, where you had Lancelot. And Lancelot is, in the movies, they show it as a dream state, and he's fighting against himself, yet he gets stabbed by himself with a sword and has that wound come to, uh, in reality, in real life. But he's fighting against himself. That is the exact same scenario playing out in that book that Lucas added with with uh, uh, In that story of Star Wars, uh, the one at the time was Empire Strikes Back, I think, or Return of the Jedi, one of those two. And, but it was the same exact story that he was trying to teach you, just a parable told slightly different. So you literally have Lancelot fighting against himself, and that's him and his ego fighting against one another. And he stabs himself, and when he wakes up in life, he's he's stabbed for real. So you can explain that away and go, well, in his sleep, he took out his sword and fell on it and stabbed himself. And that's it. And that's all you get from it. But what happened in there was he was fighting against his own ego, fighting against himself. And he was wounded because of it. Why? I'm not going to go into all the details of that lesson, because if you don't get it at this point, you have some homework to do and figure out <laughs> why that happened. But that was in that in that storyline and in the movies. In fact, it was in the 1982 version uh, called Excalibur, but they didn't put it in the one where Clive Owen played. They didn't have uh, Lancelot at all, that character in there, uh, and they didn't have uh, that uh, that entire scene. They changed everything, but they did have uh, Arturius Arthur having a struggle within and uh, praying to God, and so they so they showed you the same parable where he was he was a, a holy man and talking to God the whole time, and his and then his you know. Uh, uh, His his what he thought was one of his mentors and a friend of his mentor uh, comes and and then he gets disillusioned to Rome itself, to the church itself, but he still believes in God. And then he believes that he failed his people and doesn't understand why God kept him alive and, and let all of his men die. So he had this inner struggle with his ego and he was a pious man and he was without ego. And that is why people followed him because he didn't believe I'm God or that I'm Almighty and all, and I'm this hero, and that I'm going to be king. He was an anti-hero. He didn't really want to be king. In fact, he didn't realize that he, that the, his that his bride was in fact a princess, and they don't even tell you that in that version of it. Uh, how how is it that he falls in love with this girl who was a prisoner, and he marries her, and he becomes the king? Well, this because she was the daughter of Merlin, and Merlin was leading the woads. <laughs> She was the princess, and so when he married her, he became king because she became queen. And that's and and So, but if you know the real story, you you get that. If you don't and you don't know anything about the backstory of that story at all, and that's the first version you ever uh, watched, you go don't understand why he became king uh, because he followed the people and they just made him king. He's just some dude. In fact, he's half Roman. He's part of their enemy. But however, he was he was able to look at the difference in that movie. If you saw that movie where Clive Owen, Scarsgard played the king of the of the Saxons. Right. They called him the Saison. That was the Gaelic word at the time, the Gallic word at the time, the Irish and English word. They were speaking um, more Welsh at that point uh, than they were uh, either English or Irish. They were they were speaking a version of Welsh, which became which was Gallic uh, at the time, I think, back then, because it was like in the year nine. Uh, 920, I think. Don't quote me. It could have been around, right around the year 1000 uh, when Hadrian's Wall fell uh, and uh, the Salmatian Knights. But don't quote me exactly on the timeline. I apologize for that. Um, so so they, they called them the Saison, Saxon. That's what we would say that word is Saxon now. And that was the, the Germans, uh, uh, the German people, Vikings from Germany at the time. Uh, they would have been Geats, as a matter of fact. I think that was part of Geetland. Uh, which became uh, uh, Germany, and I, and I don't remember the actual word for that, That for the Viking language. Uh, I know that they say Deutsch, but it, it, it was another word uh, that I'm, I i don't remember even the Swedish word today, and Norwegian word today is a different word uh, that sounds like that. Um, but, but it was also part of the clan, because uh, the Deutsch comes from the Geet. Um, it was a cousin of the Geet. So um, Deutschland, meaning, you know, uh, land of Deutsch, uh, Dutch, which we would say in English, why does that sound like Dutch? Uh, because it actually meant the same thing uh, back when the Geats were there. <laughs> and the Dutch use that word now, and and it's almost identical. Anyways, so, but it has a different meaning, slightly different meaning. Deutsch and Dutch said just a different mean, two completely racist people now. Do you see? Another thing, with, uh, what if one was a god and one was not? Okay, so... The same parable is what I'm showing you an example of is I just gave you four versions of the same looking within and showing you in in different places in history and in fables where they were showing you the exact same struggle, uh, which is is that struggle of the pious or the person who is in service to others struggling with their ego. uh, So their conscience um, being in service to to others and their ego being in service to self the devil on your left shoulder and the and the uh and the angel on your right shoulder uh the angel on your right shoulder is your conscience not your consciousness but your conscience and then the ego is the devil on your on your left shoulder and the native americans called them the two wolves and which wolf do you feed okay so the struggle within is playing out without do you see so so that so if you are if your immortal soul is is uh, predisposed to be in service to others, you're going to, in a physical way, uh, accentuate that by taking a job that is that way you care about people, you want to help people. And, and you might even pick, I help children or I teach, right? I uh, help people that are, you know, battered women or whatever, uh, or you're in the service industry. They've, you know, taken those industry, the service industry, and they, and they try to make it the slave industry because they need worker bees. So they try to get you to believe that being in service Uh, Going into the military is in service. Uh, You know, the service industry in some way is serving others is a menial job. And that's why the teaching is paid so little. And all of the service industry is paid and the slaves do it. Rich people don't want to do that because you serve me. Do you see? So therefore, you have to serve me because that's what people in service to others do. Because I control you and I'm in charge of you because I'm not going to serve anyone but myself. Do you see? That's why they've corrupted that the way they have in the 3D. Because they want your uh, fealty, as it were. They want your slavery. They want you to pledge your allegiance to them. And they'll reward you greatly for it. I literally just had the Illuminati last week try to recruit me and they wanted to pay me a ransom. They used that term. A wealthy ransom of 800000 American dollars. To put my name on their charter. Literally, I am joining the Illuminati, and they would give me $800,000 to do so. Because by doing that, if I accept their money and then I say I'm part of the Illuminati, I have then sworn my allegiance to them. It's a ransom. They use that term. Why did they use the term ransom for the money? Because what are they ransoming from me? My service. My loyalty, my fealty, my slavery. Do you see? They literally just last week, while I was talking to Cassie, I literally opened up a, a voicemail and said, "Oh, look, and I even took a picture of a screenshot and sent it to Cassie. And she was laughing. I said, look, and note the use of the word ransom in there. We will pay you a wealthy ransom of 800000 American dollars. They wanted me to sell my soul to them. But they do it in a way that you don't realize you're selling your soul. People do it and then they, and they realize that happened and then their, their life is over. Uh, there was a, a, an actor that uh, he was referred to as Chappie. Those of you who know that know who he is. And He made that mistake and realized it. And he was on a Periscope on Twitter. And he talked about it and he was very depressed. And uh, he lived in Arizona and I was uh, in Arizona at the time. Maybe I was out here by then, but I, I still had ties there. I might have been in Arizona. And then he told the whole world that he made the biggest mistake of his life. And he wouldn't say what it was, but I kind of started getting it. And people started getting what, he had, what had happened. And that he unwittingly sold his soul. And if you watch the documentary, um, Above Majestic, you realize that they, they basically, like a gang, punk you in to the gang by having you do hideous things. They film it. So they have that on you and they own you and they can out you whenever you don't do what they tell you to do. And they can destroy you because they gave you your money and power and wealth, make you a rock star or whatever actor, whatever. And then if you go against what they tell you to do, you then have uh, no choice because you're a slave. And Chappie realized that and he talked about it. And the next day, Supposedly, he jumped off of an overpass on a, on the highway on the I think it was the 10 or the 50 or the 80. It was the 10, uh, and was killed. They say he committed suicide. I lived in Arizona. You cannot climb up on those overpasses and jump off because people did that. They have these chain link fences that are 15 to 20 feet tall, and then they have these pipes like they're at the border that you can't climb up that are bending over in back into the the traffic that you're trying to climb over. So you can't climb up there and shimmy up over the top of that and jump to your death. You can't do that. And where they said that he did that, you can't do that. It was just like that. I know that because I was there. Okay. So he didn't jump to his death and commit suicide physically cannot do that. At that spot, it's easier to do many other ways of dying than to go and, and walk out onto the middle of an overpass under a busy freeway and throw yourself off of it and get ran over by cars. Okay, so he didn't he didn't go over the the top of that. And if he did, he was tossed. He was and you couldn't throw somebody up high enough to get them over there. So so that that couldn't have happened the way they said it happened. But he ended up out on that highway and ran over by cars. Okay, so he was murdered. And and then it quickly went away. But I know that I know what I know what happened, and I know why because of talking to him prior to it. Okay. And those of you who were part of that investigation, Peter, I think you might remember that. I think we talked about it over the years. You may have been part of the investigation. Um, I don't remember if you were or not, but you you probably heard about it. And I know that you've investigated that stuff as well because you and I used to do a lot of that back then we still do it, but we just did it in, in, um, uh, together. And now we now we do it separately with our groups, <laughs> with our people, and then talk about it. Right. Cause we work for the same coalitions and, and our own coalitions together. Um, so I know you were part of that. I don't know if you were on live when he was talking about all that though. Okay. So, so my, my point is, Pamela getting back to, to that, um, Don't see yourself in any way other than the rock star that you are and know that, right? But don't don't feed the ego because it'll feed you one way or the other. It'll either feed you in negative terms because that's what it'll do first to get your attention or it will feed you and blow yourself up and can strengthen itself by making you think you're the best at whatever it is you do. So stay humble. You're doing okay in that respect. I know you are because I've spoken to you. You're a very humble person uh, and that's good. But- I think I told you this, and if I didn't, then I'll I'll tell you this now. We spend the second half of our lives repairing the damage that they did to us and all the shit they did to us in the first half. So don't feel bad because I still do it. How many times have I missed up and said, understand, just today? And I'm one of the people who's trying to work on not saying that, and I still say it. There are many things that I say that are still part of the programming that because I have spent 50 years of my, 55 now, years of my life, and you're being programmed every day all day. When I get done here and you go back to your life, you're going to have stuff programming in, again on, on you. television, radio, whatever you do. You're reading a book. You watch television. Like right now here in the United States, there's not a television program on that doesn't have somebody who's a, a trans uh, a, a gender person. That's in, in now in every storyline. Um, you, you know what I mean? And then, there's, and then they talk about racism. They talk about all of the things that the news agencies are trying to tell us is happening they show you a a episode that it is happening in that episode. Even though when you go out in the real world, you don't see it happening anywhere. But they keep telling you that it is there. And then on television, they're programming you again and reprogramming you to back up what they said by giving you the exact scenario that they keep trying to tell you is happening on television. Okay. Every year, and I'm sure this happens in Europe too, every year around Christmas time, if you're a Christian, all of a sudden, there's all this racial tension where there's people that are going after Jews, and that happens a lot right around Christmas time. Why? Because you're a Christian, and that is a Jew, Western Judeo-Christian religion, and the Christianity that you follow it was invented by Hebrews. And the Hebrew religion is a guilt-based religion that you can do no right, that you're part of of a sin, no matter what, just you breathing, is you're a sin and you're a sinner if you do anything that the church tells you not to do. So your religion tells you that. And all of a sudden they keep telling you right around November and December that there's all this hatred to Jews and, oh, by the way, the same commercials come on about the starving Jews everywhere, starving in Russia and starving in Germany and starving in America. Whatever country you're in, there's no starving Jews in that country, but it's always a foreign country that somewhere else that they need money. Right? You don't hear anybody saying they're starving old Christian ladies someplace that need money, do you? No, but you hear that they're starving old Jews somewhere, and you got to pay for them. And guess who's telling you that? The Coalition for Jews and Christians or Christians and Jews but they never talk about any Christians that need help it's always Jews right but I'll bet you if you go to 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 uh over in in the, the Gaza strip or somewhere over there in you know uh in in the land where everybody is of the, the Jewish face want to bet they have commercials old Christian women in America are starving to death or in Russia are cold and they need money do you see my point here so that and then if you're in America, it's starving Africans and they need money. And what if you're in Africa? What are they? What are they? How are they getting money from the people in Africa? I'll bet you they, they go all oh, the people in Ethiopia or the people over there in the Sudan or the people. They, they're, they're giving you something that's playing to. Yeah, I need your, some of your money. Send me money. Send me green. Heaven you will meet. Make your contribution. and You'll get a better seat. Do you see my point? So. And so they're, they're, they all, when, whenever there's a religious holiday, whatever that religion is that you are, they're going to pray on you at that time of giving and say, you need to help these poor people that are just, oh, and it's always some old woman. Why is there never old, any old men? Right? It's always this little old lady who's crying. Hey, 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 Over here, there's this Jewish lady who's working. All the people working for the Christians and Jews are all Jews. Nobody's Christian. Weird. Uh, they're all Jewish. And they're always talking about these Russian Jewish people. The Russian people. There was a guy that went to Russia, just not too long ago. Okay, he went from America and he went to Russia and he was filming. He was walking around in stores and, and you know because over here we're saying what we're we're fighting against this war and helping the Ukrainians and so we're we're putting all these uh, tariffs on Russia and it's really hurting the Russians and uh, we're having food shortages all kinds of gas shortages, everything else. So are you guys over there, your prices of, of natural gas are a hundred times what they were a year ago and before the war started. And we're paying all this money and we have no food. We can't find anything over here. Eggs are like $100 a hundred dollars a fucking for 12 eggs when they used to be a dollar and gasoline is $4,000 a gallon. And, and, and bacon is $100 a hundred million dollars, a fucking slab of a, a, a pound. And and the guy went to Russia and he took out his camera and he filmed it, and he ended up getting it out of Russia and back to the United States. And I've seen the film footage, they have no shortages. Gas prices are 99 cents or less American for a gallon. They have a gallon of of milk over there for uh, 75 American cents. They have uh, uh, eggs on uh, the piles and piles and piles of eggs and everything that we're out of. Baby formula in America and toilet paper and everything we're running out of and everything you guys are out of. And natural gas prices. And he was showing the prices of gasoline, the prices of natural gas. He filmed all that shit and came back to the United States and and got banned everywhere for it. But I got a copy of it. And I think, Peter, you had a copy of it, too. I think you saw it. And uh, and uh, all the tariffs that are going on are not hurting Russia whatsoever, because there's a coalition. I forgot what it's called. And I know, Peter, you know what it's called. There's a coalition of, of India, uh, China, Russia, and Brazil and somebody else. Uh, and uh, they're trying to make the Chinese yen, the, the, the currency of the realm. And the Chinese and the Indians and the Brazilians are buying all their gas from Russia and all the natural gas from Russia. So Europe is is having this coalition that is uh, head by America. And they're saying that we're putting all these tariffs on Russia and it's hurting Russia. Russia's making more money right now than they were making. They're making literally five times the amount of money they were making prior to them invading uh, over there, they're not running out of money. They're not running out of uh, of troops. They're not running out of anything. And if you're hearing that on your news, that's a lie. Okay, and all of this is being done to you. And you're made made to suffer and all the prices are going up and guess who's getting rich, the same very people who are telling you there is a crisis. Because <laughs> they own all the companies. And they're getting rich. This is the first step in avoiding that trap is knowing of its existence. I know that when you have some people in right now, I'm going to lose you because you're going to say, there he goes talking about politics again. Okay. But that's, but, but you need to realize that that is the religion of nefariousness. All of this is, is a bunch of crap. Okay. All of it is a bunch of crap and it's all invented to make money and gouge you for money and make you suffer. Why? They attempted to take over the planet and in the countries that they were stopped and the people are fighting back. They then fabricated this stupid war. The Russians are trying to hurt the Americans because because uh, Russia is not part of the cabal. And there are 128 uh, freaking uh, 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 research laboratories in Ukraine that is being funded by the American government. Okay, for gain of research, gain of gain of function research. And and not to mention, that is literally the laundering of of money. The the American oligarchs are making a buttload of money. And so the German and the English and the French oligarchs are making all tons of money coming out of Ukraine. Okay. And so he's hurting the pocketbook of, of of Europe and America by doing what he's doing. Okay. And he's using the Chinese. And the Chinese are using him because the Chinese want all of Europe to go under so they can be in the world power and to be in charge. And he's using the Chinese because... He can get away with it. It's, and, and the Indians and the, and the Brazilians and the, you know, and, and the other people are all working together because they're trying to crush the, the, all of the banking systems that are running all of the white people's uh, properties. And then guess who's going to be in charge? China. And the same people are helping them in these governments or helping the Chinese and pretending they're not, but they're not doing anything to stop the Chinese. They're pointing at Russia and saying big bad Russia is evil and and Putin is evil because the truth is the Chinese want to get rid of Putin, too, because he's not the cabal. Okay, so they, they don't want him around either. So after this is all over, they hope America takes him out and then they can take America out. And Europe. Because everybody, anybody who's anybody knows that. And Peter will tell you this talking politics, that the American government is half of it is is, uh, is uh, in, you know, their fealty is to the Communist Party of China. And the other half, their fealty is to the king now. It was the queen before that. Okay. So those are your factions in the world. The Chinese or Europe. The Europeans have owned this part of the world for a thousand years. Chinese are trying to take over the whole world. And the biggest problem with them is the cabal that's in charge over here. But the truth is they're all part of the big world cabal of evil people. But they're still going to do what they're doing and carve it up. Same thing happened during World War I and World War II. Carving up of, of, of Europe and, and the Middle East. Now it's being carved up by the Chinese. They're trying to take it over. And so they've already embedded half of the government officials in their ideology. And they're working within to destroy you, me, and all of your way of life and your freedoms. And take those from you and turn your country into a communist country. All the way down as far as the land down under. Half of the people are fighting against them. That's the war that's going on between them. It's the War of the Roses. And that's what we need to focus on. And that people in our coalitions have have focused on that and do focus on that. Because they can't help themselves. They can only work together for so long. and And then they start spinning off and trying to kill each other. And that's what they're doing now. Okay. I say let it happen. I remember my buddy Paul. He said when he was over in the Gulf War, we need to back out of this, stand back, and let all these small factions kill each other over here until there's one person in charge, and then we wipe them ones out. Let them all fight it out until there's only one one caliph in charge, and then that caliph, you go to war against him and all of his people and kill him off. So you know who your enemy is then. It's all of them against us. Do you see? So the the best thing that, that could happen is that the people pay attention. And let them try and destroy each other, but stop them both. Because the truth is, you either have everybody in your country is either for the Chinese or against the Chinese. None of them are for the people. And the ones that are are quickly removed from power. Okay? So the people are the only ones who have that power. And they don't want you to know that. And that's part of what they've taken away from you. And that's what Raw is trying to tell us about. I know that some of you are like, okay, he's not talking about, he's talking about politics. He's not even talking about the law of one. But I am. And I'm trying to show you that. Over and over and over. Trying to show you that there are two kinds of people. Those in service to others and those in service to self. There are two kinds of spirituality. Those in service to others and those in service to self. On a 3D dimensional level, there are two kinds of people. Those who serve the people and those who serve themselves. Those who serve themselves are those who serve themselves in power. They seek power. They seek money. They seek control. And they seek you as their slave, period. There is no checks and balances. There's no, well, somebody is just, you know, neutral right in the middle. That's a person who is afraid to make a stand and they'll do whatever it takes to survive. They're in service to self. They'll be like, oh, no, no, they they can tell you, no, no, I'm I'm in service to people, but I'm just trying not to get myself killed. So I'm pretending. No, you're not. You're either in service to others. Or you're in service to self. You can't pretend you're in service to self because eventually it's like going undercover and they show you that scenario all the time on all the cop shows around the world. The guy who goes undercover, eventually one of the bad guys and his biggest fear, and they make sure that that's clear, is that they're going to have him either do drugs or murder somebody. That's his biggest fear, and they, him or her that's undercover. And they have to somehow get a, around that so they can still prove that they're uh, one of them, but without actually murdering someone or, or getting hooked on dope. Do you see? So there's nobody who's actually neutral. If you go undercover and you're truly undercover, that's why they'll, they'll, they'll sometimes they show you that, and they're like, well, you went too far. You actually murdered somebody. Well, they had to. Otherwise, they were going to get killed and then there's their dilemma so the truth is you cannot be undercover or neutral for very long unless you're providing uh, like the arms race right and that's what they showed you in the in the star wars movie and the and, and people in also the movies of the the gods of war and things like that that and this is what people do but they're still in service to self they sell arms and munitions to both sides to fund the war because they get rich off of both sides. They don't care. The money goes, the the weapons go to whoever pays them. Those are people that are in service to self because they don't give a crap about humans because killing is my business and business is good. That was the whole purpose of that song written by, um, now I'm forgetting his name. We talked about it last, uh, last week. That was the whole purpose of that. Okay. So you're so there's I don't care if anybody says well I'm just neutral because I'm trying to take care of myself. I'm doing what's necessary to survive. If you're if then if you are being subservient you're part of the problem. You're either part of the solution or you are the problem. So, so and, and that's where you need to get out of that one. Well, you know, people always say, you know, you're either part of the solution or you're part of the problem. No, no, no. You're either the solution or you're the problem. So you're either part of the solution or you are the problem. Because to be complacent is subserviency, okay? And that's where people are like, well, you know, politicians are just crooked and I don't vote because I'm not playing that game. Well, if you don't vote, you can't stop them. I, don't, I just won't have any part of their society. You're living in it, and all the laws they make are affecting you. And whether you can go to jail or not go to jail, and the, the more you sit back and do nothing, that's the whole purpose of that of that parable where, well, I was sitting back and they came for the Jews. I wasn't Jewish, so I didn't care. I didn't do anything. And then they came for the blacks. Well, I'm not black, so I didn't say anything, or I didn't do anything. And they took all the blacks away. Then they came for the Chinese. Well, I'm not Chinese, so I didn't do anything. They took all the Chinese away. Then they came for the Muslims. I'm not Muslim, so I didn't do anything. They took all the Muslims away. And you can have as many of those examples as you want. And then the last one you say, and then they came for me. And there was no one left to defend me. Because that is what will happen eventually. Okay, So to look at something and go, well, I'm not Chinese. I'm not Mexican. I'm not whatever it is. I'm not gay. Who cares if they're going after the gays? Okay. The second you separate yourself into 3D reality as something other than and that someone else is something other than, you've already lost because then you're being subservient. And that's what they're doing and carving everyone up by teaching slavery. That's just like Antifa means anti-fascism and they are more fascist and their ideology is more fascist than the definition of fascism in the English dictionary. Do you see? Black lives matter in and of itself. Telling you that black lives, not any other life, in fact, they get mad at you if you say all life matters. Then you're a racist because you think all life is just as important. That's racist. All ideology is racist. The fact that they would get angry at you because you say all life is equal and all lives matter. And then they get mad at you and go, how dare you, you white racist. Oh, you mean because I'm correcting you and saying not just black lives, but all lives matter? Now you're a racist for saying that. Do you see how the logic works? They do that in everything is my point. This is what Raw is trying to warn us about. This is what everybody in history is trying to warn us about. They change the definitions. They do this as part of their religion. To deny that and to say there should be separation of church and state. Well, yeah, there should be, and there already is. They're both two different religions. But to deny one religion and say the other one is a religion. I don't want to talk about religion. I hate religion. Well, I don't want to talk about politics either. I hate politics. They're both religions. To deny that is being subservient. Do you see? That's the trap. They've convinced you that statehood is commerce. It's capitalism. Some some form of that. In fact, they try to sell you on, on words like socialistic capitalism, socialistic democracy. Those two terms, socialism and democracy, are opposing points of view. That would be like saying, I'm God the devil. I'm a form of good, evil. I'm pregnant, aborted. I'm undead. I'm not dead because I'm undead, but I'm not alive. So I'm unalive. Well, that means you're dead. And if you're undead, that means you're alive. Do you see? That's like saying, I am a compulsive liar. And I just lied to you. Do you see? So the reality is something completely different than the narrative. The knowledge is realizing that. They don't want you to know that. They want you to believe, shut up and believe what I tell you. And otherwise I'll cancel you. And I'll call you a racist. And just because you're a white, you're already a racist anyway. Oh, and by the way, I'm getting rid of your religion and your way of thinking. Do you see? Well, not just your religion. I'm getting rid of all religion, but yours especially because you're white. Yours goes first. So they're coming for the white people right now. And they're coming for Christianity. They were coming for the Jews. For about 150 years. But that didn't work out so well for them. So now they're focusing on the people who defended the Jews. And that's all you white folks. Because you're the same as the Jews. Because you ain't us. So think about that. If they're not any of these religions. They're not Africans, They're not Hebrews. They're not Christians. What are they? They're not satanic. But they joke about it. They like to show you satanic stuff on their on their programming because they want you to believe that just like roswell didn't happen in america and run forest didn't happen in england yet it's still a thing but nothing happened there nothing to see here right sleight of hand it's a red herring they want you to look at satanism because they they pay the little rock stars to do it just like they did with smith when he got up there in, in was Singing his song about sneaking out. Daddy snuck out and went to the body shop and got the chop without telling mommy. And he was dressed up like a a, a drag queen Satan while doing so over here just the last month. Okay. Because they want you, because that whole thing is anti your belief system. If you're in any way Muslim, Jewish, Christian, Tao, Buddhism, any of those religions, that are a religion where there's a good God that is holy, caring, loving creation of the universe. The anti to that is what they want you to think is all of their religion, but the truth is it's not. Their religion is third dimensional. and everything in the 3D, why is that? Because being in service to self means I only love me. There can't be a God who's above me because there is no God, because I don't believe in your God. I remember there was a guy in the America that was suing to get the the, the so his kid would leave the building when they were saying the Pledge of Allegiance because it had the words one nation under God in it. And when he went to court, he was suing. And do you know what he said? I defy your God. Not I don't believe in your God. Not I believe I don't believe your God even exists. There is no God. It's not what he said. I defy your God. I hate your God. He literally said, I defy your God. Okay. So I hate the idea and your God. I hate them. So even this, even the people who who, uh, who will tell you there is no God, they hate that God. So to hate something, you have to admit to yourself that it is something to hate. Because if there was no God, you would not have disdain for the idea of it because it just doesn't exist. There's no reason for me to be angry because that thing doesn't exist. So you wouldn't defy a God. I don't believe that there is a God. So when you say, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth or help me, God, they don't say that in America anymore. They took that out too. But when when that was there, I don't I don't believe in a God, so I'll say whatever you want me to say. Right, Edgar Casey. Right, Edgar Casey. Celeste, love that she just popped that up there. Right, you guys talking Edgar Casey? Under God wasn't the original pledge for the for a reason. That's right. Okay, and again, that's subservient, right, Celeste? That's subservient. That's what Celeste just said. Under God wasn't the original pledge for a reason, right? Because first of all, that is the caste system that they set up when they corrupted the religions. Because Jesus wasn't teaching that you were under God. Jesus never asked, do you understand me? Do you stand under me? Do you submit to my will? He never said that. One nation under God, which means God is above me and in charge. That's the corruption of As below, so above, as within, so without, as in the soul, so is in heaven, as on earth, so is in heaven. That is the corruption of that to as above, so below, as without, so within. Do you see? So that means somebody is above me who's in charge that I am subservient to. That's why Celeste is absolutely right. Under God was not something that that was put in by the religion i know that because the catholic religion added that in i know that as a as a knight of columbus i was taught that the knights of columbus in fact were part of that same thing with the, the monetary system of uh, putting under god one nation under god or or you know and god we trust that stuff was added by the corrupt religion unfortunately at, to uh, to reestablish uh, or or uh, solidify the caste system, the maritime law system that they set up in, dur- and, and during the corruption of the religions in and of themselves, setting them up as a monotheistic, male-dominated. Someone is in charge, and you're all beneath that someone, and they have ultimate power, and you don't. So that's what Celeste is alluding to there. Rightfully so. Okay. But it was used by some people when they would say, do you just want to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Uh, and, and if you were a religious person, you wouldn't want to say that if you were lying, because then you would know that's an immortal sin. So you were af- afraid of that. Again, the, the fear-based religion that was created by the Hebrews for Hebrews to, to convert them to Christianity. And the, the Hebrew religion is a fear-based religion. Guilt-based religion, and there are some religions that are that are that way. Not all are that way. If you look at all the different religions. Being a theologian, I do that. You look at the other religions. You see, there's a different, a different system with a different setup in, in other religions. But but still, they're, they've been corrupted through time. And I'm not saying that religions are bad because they're not. They they are a good thing, and the institution is still sound. And if you are aware. Of the corruption, you can avoid it. The first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. If you know that there is a trap there, that but it, everything's 50-50. So on the other side of all of that, it is just as, as easy to use Christianity, Hebrewism, or any other religion to ascend. <laughs> but you first have to be aware that they're not even aware. Most of the people teaching you that religion are not aware that their own indoctrination that they're using to teach you is is actually more harm to you than is not if you don't know about the harm that's being done. And that's where they that's that is what they did. They took away your your knowledge of free will without letting you know it because they just don't let you know ever learn that you're supposed to have it. It took away the knowledge that you're a so you have a soul and it is immortal by never letting you learn it. That was the corruption of the story of Garden of Eden to, uh, turned into the 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 uh, you know the the one and, and only original sin that you women just by being born are evil, and are a sinner. That's part of the guilt-based religion that all of us are sinners before anything else. So you immediately are born. You're not innocent anymore. The second you're born, you're automatically corrupted and evil. And a sinner, and you and you have to atone for the sins. What sins did I do? Well, you're a female, so you know that one that one woman who was the first woman who we don't even talk about, right? Before before uh, uh, Eve, she committed an ultimate sin by not listening and being subservient and being owned by Adam. So we told her, "Get the fuck out." Then we created this other one who was supposed to be completely subservient and a slave and do whatever he told them to do because, you know, men are in charge. She didn't either. And she let that devil thing, that serpent, convince her to get knowledge. How dare she learn something? Oh, but the knowledge she gained was, though that there is good and evil. Before that, you were innocent. You didn't know these things. That's That's our penalty. Because somebody way back in the very, very, very beginning made a mistake. So therefore, we're all sinners because of it. How is that? Well, because in the 3D, your DNA can be traced back to that person. So therefore, well, wait a minute. So you created humans in your likeness. So wouldn't that suggest that you're the sinner? Because you're God and you created us and if our dna is responsible for us being sinners then our dna was created from you creator of the universe so you corrupted us by creating us more like you well never mind that now do what i say not what i do so so the entire concept of that shows that god is in fact a little teeny boy, baby boy who lives on earth and that's why if you look at the the gods of egypt no not the gods of egypt um, Moses the, the one with uh, uh, with uh, Christian Bale where he played Moses I forgot the name of that movie uh, but it was about the Exodus and Moses and that whole storyline God was represented by an 8 year old boy who had a temper and an ego problem the size of fucking Mount Everest yelling and screaming Moses a lowly little human got into an argument with God because God wanted to punish Ramses the second And Moses said, enough, we've harmed him enough. And God screamed at him in anger, no, I want him to suffer. That's why that was done. People who wrote that at first, when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, what are they doing? And then I got to thinking about it when, oh my God, that was bloody brilliant. That was so fucking brilliant. And that's why the the famous um, uh, comedians from England Monty Python crew, when they made Eric the Viking, did the same. When Eric got to Valhalla to wake the gods, they were little boys, 8 to 10 years old. There's a reason for that. They're showing you that these ancient gods, when you read the stories, are stories for children, and they're only believable by children because they're written for children. and That's the whole purpose of that, because they're all ego- They're all about themselves. Do as I say, not as I do. You piss me off and I'm going to fucking end you. That is all third dimensional thinking of a child. Children think like that and talk like that. Drug addicts think like that and talk like that. How dare you disrespect me? Dis me, I'm going to have to shoot you. You disrespected me. That is because they are doing drugs and drugs retard your uh, emotional level and your maturity level. And you're already, the IQ, we've talked about this, is based on the fact that no human being is more mature than the age of 18 and that the average person is somewhere between 11 and 16. And when you do drugs, you're somewhere on the lower end of that, 11 to 12 to 13 years of age mentally. Okay, And most people don't graduate past that anyways. That's what the IQ test is. hard to find that now. Google used to tell you that when you looked it up. Until people like me started telling the world that and people kept looking it up. And someone said, why are they looking that up? Because someone's telling them that none of them are actually adults. That's why when something dawns on you for the first time, it became very apparent to me. Really? It became a parent. Well, not a parent, but all parent. Weird that that word is spelled a parent to me. That became an adult to me. It became knowledge that an adult would have. When it dawned on me because I saw the light, because day started shining from the darkness. Do you see what I'm going at here? Well, that became apparent to me when I looked at it. Yeah, when you took an objective point of view and looked at something, it became apparent to you because the knowledge then became adult and you then got, understood the concept and went, wait a minute. That's not what I thought it was. After all, when you look at it from the perspective of an adult, not a child, you see the truth of it. But we use these words that we think mean something different. That became apparent to me. What what does that mean exactly? Well, it dawned on me. What does that mean? It's dark as just before the dawn. So what, what exactly does that mean? I was enlightened because it was dawn. And the light shined on it, and I was what? Objectively looking at it and saw it for what it really was. (laughs) Do you see? I had a lucid moment. Do you mean you had an adult moment? Do you see what I'm saying? So the point here is all of that is being done and has been done. This is every word of the 106 sessions of the Law of One is that all of this has been done and is being done and will continue being done to you. And I'm here to tell you that that is going to be the way that it is because we, as the creator, or if you want to separate yourself in the 3D and say the creator did it, I didn't do it, God did it. God decided that this entire reality, this illusion that you think is real and the way it works here and how the laws work, hence what you see on your screen, the law of one, is that in this place, in the third dimension, this is the way it works. And it will continue working that way for all of eternity until the creator of the universe thinks up a better way. <laughs> okay? And may have, but we are in this uh, reality, so we have this way. The Dao Te Chi, the book of the way, written by the one true creator, so the law of the way, the law of one, the law of the person who is one who created the universe is that there is good and evil and evil is going to chase you. And this place is a trap of your mind and the only battle between good and evil is the one that's going on within your head, within its head, within the creator's head. Okay, But it has to play out in the 3D because you're supposed to have an organic experience and it's also supposed to be reminding you of what's going on in your soul. So it's playing out in front of you like a movie that you think you're in. And you're supposed to learn from those things and then realize the inner world or underworld or shadow world depending on what part of of which one of those analogies that you listen to, which one of those parables that are that are more attractive to your way of thinking that are set down by someone on this planet, the Book of the Way, the Buddha, the Jesus, the Mohammed, the Moses, one of those big religions or one of the Far East ones, because all the ideology, including going north to the Vikings, all of the ideologies of, of Thor and Odin and Freyr, his wife, sutur sutur being the devil sutur being the big evil that is trying to destroy valhalla and jotunheim and all the other places in middle earth he's the devil he's the dragon of the north sea is is tiamat the dragon they're all the same and it's all in your head it's the battle that you're supposed to realize that's happening but it's you. It's in you. You're the savior. You keep waiting for those of you who are Christians. You can't wait for Jesus to return. Jesus has already been here. Jesus told you that the way to heaven is following me, not getting yourself crucified. And but the but what he did, it's the same one. It's the same one that Ra did when Ra was here. It's the same that Thor did. Same that Marduk did. The same that. Obi Wan did the same that that you know that uh, that Luke Skywalker did the same that David did the same that Leonidas did. They're all the hero of a thousand faces. That's why you can look that book up uh, and, and and read that book by Joseph Campbell. He was on to it. Taught mythology to the world here in the United States in a college forever. A professor wrote a book called Hero with a Thousand Faces, where he took all of mythology, all of these creation stories and the mythological characters and realized and surmised, just like I did in in religion and in philosophy and in mythology, that all of these characters have something in common. And he wrote a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And I would further that and tell you not just the hero, but the savior character is the hero character, of a thousand faces, and they're all identical. Every religion has the same dynamic. All of the stories of every single movie, every book you've ever read, every song you've ever listened to, every message that was being taught to you in there has a message that is 3D, 4D, 5D, 6D, and 7D. Some some not so much to 7, but most. And they're all in there, and the people who wrote them were channeling and didn't realize that. And that's why if you know anything about the Bible code and the guy who was trying to debunk the Bible code put you on to it by saying, I've read Moby Dick, which is approximately the same amount of words as the Bible. And when I take your same program and I put it to the Moby Dick, it comes up with the same skip trace program that gives me the same information. Yes, because the code is in everything. It is literally in everything. It's in what I'm saying right now to you. What I'm saying to you right now, the vibration of what I'm saying to you right now is third dimensional, fourth dimensional, fifth dimensional, sixth dimensional, and partially seventh dimensional. And there is a knowledge in the words that I'm speaking to you that wherever you are in your developmental stage spiritually, you will get something from what I am saying to you or think I'm just nuts. Okay. And it is in that, and that's that is when you wake up. That is the realization. And that is what they showed you with with Neo when he woke up and was able to see the ones and the zeros and the zeros and the ones. Only we don't see the ones and zeros and zeros or ones because that's binary code that would be inside of a computer program, even though about half of our reality is, in fact, a computer program. (laughs) But it's not run by some aliens that are using us as batteries, it's not run by anybody. It's part of the it because it's we're in our own minds. Okay, And we had to invent this. Everything that was invented about this reality is, is fake. It's an illusion because we're actually a thought in our own minds because we are the creator pretending that we're individuals living in this little teeny reality down here. That's the part that will blow your fucking mind. is <laughs> trying to fathom that. Okay, Objectivity being the key word, Pamela says, yes objective reality your subjective because that's the way they train you is to be subjective be a subject to be a slave to their will and you have to be objective but not objective you have to be objective not objective because uh, but part of being locked in here is the is the uh is the conceptual reality so you have to be objective and not conceptual or submissive right so objective being the key word that is the key that is what Jesus was trying to teach you, saying that you know that to, to 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 know me is to know the key, and that I am both the key and the door to the way to heaven. Because he was he's trying to tell you, and all the other great people in history, as well, I'm not I'm not just preaching Christianity now. You will find a version of that, no matter what religion that you uh that you follow. There will be that story and that hero character, that savior character that is teaching you the way, the book of the way, the Tao Te Chi. Taoism is is a Lao Chi's version 630 years before Jesus was even born, teaching you the same message that Jesus was teaching at the same time that the Buddha was teaching you the exact same thing. And people talk about it now with the Kali Yuga and, and the, the Buddhism and all of that and those words that the Hindus use that mean the same thing that the Jews' words mean and the same thing that the Christian words mean that all mean the same thing. To be objective is to see reality for what it is. The key, right? The key to your salvation is knowledge, logos, the word of God, love. And that is objective. To love yourself is to look within yourself and to write yourself and you're upright, to be upright and centered in yourself, to love yourself, to go into the underworld or the inner world whatever words you want to use, 3,000 years ago, underworld meant inside your head or inside your soul to soul search. We use those terms now. I have to do some soul searching. Yes, you do. You have to find your soul and realize you are a soul. You're not this flesh. You're not this mind. In fact, somebody actually caught that when uh, when I said uh, I, I have a meme that shows a person uh, from silhouette thinking, and then inside their brain is an entire universe. And I said, in uh, their uh, you know, to uh, 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 I don't know the exact words, but the wording was was open your mind to the reality or to, to the possibility that this reality is in fact um, uh, just a dream or is not is not real. And the person said, Yes, that's like I'm taught in. Uh, in my meditation, I am not the mind. I am not even the body. And that's true. That is what I'm teaching by that and what I'm teaching you now. I am not the flesh. I am not the body. I am not the mind. I am not the ego. When you take all of those things away, Occam's razor, when you take all of those things away, what is the one thing you have left? The witnesser, the experiencer, you're still there. When you meditate, you're trying to achieve the place of I'm not thinking. I'm not hearing my thoughts. I'm not hearing the ego speaking to me with fear or telling me that I'm the greatest in the world. What's left? You're still there. You don't die. You're still there. You witness that. You're the witnesser, the experiencer. So that is your, your immortal soul. So when you're, if you're doing it right, that's what you're trying to achieve. I am not, that's why in, in the matrix, When he was trying to teach him how to bend reality, I'm sorry, bend the spoon, change reality, he said, be the spoon. And that was, for those of us in the know, the only way that you can be the spoon is to realize I am not the flesh body, the pain body. I am not the thinking mind. I am not this. I am part of the infinite universe. I am the infinite universe because I am infinity. And I am the creator. And therefore, this is fake, and I can do whatever I want here. But if I'm doing it to serve myself, then I cannot create. So to be the spoon, you have to surrender to the idea that you are nothing. You are you are immortal, but you are nothing of this world. And that everything that you perceive is the trap of the mind that is locking you into this what you think is reality. Right? Celeste <laughs> so said, I'm gonna be disappointed if you don't, if you run out of time and you don't do if you don't and run out of time and don't finish what Raw said about about what? About what word? About about cassette? Cassette? What what are you saying? Tell me what you're saying. I'll make sure that I finish it. <laughs> what did Raw say about about Cassie? Is that what you're saying? What did Raw say about Cassie? Raw didn't say anything about Cassie. What are you talking about? Please tell me what you're talking about, and I'll finish what you're saying. What I'm saying. So, are you saying because I, I was talking about Cassie, right? And 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 then that came up. So remind me what I was saying there, and I will and I will continue with that. I will finish that. I apologize. So, oh, Edgar Casey. Okay. 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 Now I know what you're talking about. Cause you brought that up. You're like Edgar Casey. Wait a minute. What the Akashic records, Edgar Casey. Okay. Let me go down that road. I apologize. C- Celeste, you brought that up earlier, but I locked onto what you said after that and went with that and forgot to go back. Thank you for reminding me. Ed- okay. Edgar Casey. All right. Now raw does talk about that in a later version, but I'll give you the, 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 long and short of it now. Now, Edgar Casey, if you guys don't know who he was, Edgar Casey was able to tap into the Akashic records and uh when he would go into a trance which you guys can actually do i then this is what people do when they're channeling okay uh and it, he's talking about Edgar Casey uh, in the thing in the, I can finish that let me play raw and then I'll get into it okay uh because raw was just talking about that so let me go ahead and finish everything that is uh that is left on this uh, version and then I'll, I'll do that and then quit so thank you let me do that really quickly and we'll, we'll get to that we'll finish this session and then uh, I'll talk more about Edgar Casey too all right so let's continue here.
0: Who spoke through Edgar Casey? Ra, I am Ra. No entity spoke through Edgar Casey. 14.32 questioner, where did the information come from that Edgar Casey channeled? Ra, I am Ra. We have explained before that the intelligent infinity is brought into intelligent energy from eighth density or the octave. The one vibratory sound complex called Edgar used this gateway to view the present. Which is not the continuum you experience, but the potential social memory complex of this planetary sphere. The term your peoples have used for this is the Akashic Record or the Hall of Records. This is the last question which you may now ask. Fourteen point three three questioner: Is there anything that we can do to make the instrument more comfortable or help during the transmission?
1: So there's just under fifty, you know, fifty-two seconds left. So I'm going to go ahead and play this out, and then I'll continue with Edgar Casey. Okay.
0: Ra, I am raw. We only reiterate the importance of alignment. This instrument is placed 0.2 degrees 0.2 degrees away from the direction of the resting place, which is correct. This may be eyed, shall we say, by sight and the instrument reminded. You are being conscientious. Is there any brief question we may answer before this session is closed? 14.34 Questioner, can you tell me if we are accomplishing our effort reasonably well? The Law of One Session 14. The Law of One Session 14, January 29th, 1981, Ra, I am Ra, the law is one. There are no mistakes. I am Ra, I leave this instrument in the love and the light of the one infinite creator. Go forth, therefore, rejoicing in the power and the peace of the one creator, Adonai. 14.
1: Okay. Sorry, I started, started playing it over again. All right, so then let me continue with that, and then Pamela um, uh, message me afterwards, uh, or, or do it now. Send me what what you wanted me to see, and give me a message, and I'll I'll, I'll address that. Don't do it in here, but do that to me personally, and then I'll address that. Uh, unless you want it here, but uh, I want to talk about it, Casey. And then I do have to go. So, and Celeste, thank you for putting me back on that because I, I there was only a minute and a half left. Uh, I was gonna, I was trying to get back around to it, but I looked at the time and didn't realize you were right. I was going to run out of time if I didn't play that. So let me get on to so Edgar Casey. There was no one ch- coming through Edgar Casey uh, the way Raw is uh, at this point coming through Carla uh, in channeling. Edgar Casey was able to tap into the Akashic record, Akashic record, the Hall of Records, um, which I am capable of doing uh, as well. Uh, And most of you are, all of us can achieve that when you uh, realize that and you get to that. And a lot of what we do when we're channeling information uh, is is doing just that. Now, let me explain to those of you who are out there are going, what is the Hall of Records or the Akashic Records? We're all just briefly talked about it and said that, that this planetary sphere, this planet, and the race of people that is on this planet, everything, all of the knowledge that is... Outside our, our realm of reality, our realm of reality works this way. There is a past and a present and a future, and all the, they're all individuals and they're separated by what we loosely call time, okay? The past is something that already happened in time. The present, and the present is something that is presently happening now in time, and the future is something that has not happened yet but will happen uh, at some point, okay? Outside of this reality... When you are no longer in third dimensional reality, past, present, and future happens immediately all at once. Okay. So, for the entire mindset of the the higher uh, realms and say the creator, all of this is happening exactly now. Okay. So, the entire universe and the span of the universe and the span of, of however long the universe has been here is happening now for the creator and all of this jumbled craziness. That is the infinite wisdom, infinite knowledge, infinite things that are infinitely happening, that are completely interacting with one another and changing the course. Me speaking to you, you hearing me, you then talking to me, your vibration affects my vibration, which affects your vibration, which affects everyone around you. Like a drop of water, a raindrop in a, in an ocean and many raindrops in an ocean affect each other when they when they reverb outwards. Uh, and continuously until they hit something and then get stopped, and then they come back, and that's where you get the ebb and flow of, of, of the waves in the ocean, uh, the same thing with lakes and streams and all of that, okay? That is a, an analogy of the, the um, spiritual ideology and all of the experience that is happening to all of us, the Akashic Records, the Hall of Records, is outside the boundaries of time and space, Okay. And so everything that is ever going to happen, ever did happen, and is happening currently is already there. Okay. And your immortal soul, because your immortal soul is not part of this place and time, can access that. But you cannot access it for your own benefit. So I can't access that and get the lottery numbers to win $400 million. And, and get the $400 million. Why? Because that is being in service to self. Even if I swear I'm going to use that knowledge for good, that money for good, that was what they were playing out in the Lord of the Rings when with the Ring of Power. And, and uh, it's seducing people by having them say, and they show you that over and over with examples of that throughout all of the books and the movies where different people say that, including Gandalf when he says, do not tempt me. With that, Because I would try to use that power for good and it would corrupt me. And the same thing happened when Galadriel uh, also saw that and, and he tempted her and she's, I would use this power for good, but it would corrupt me and I would become the evil queen. And then she diminished because she didn't take it. And then she realized she passed the test. Gandalf did the same thing. Most humans were not able to do that. And that's why, uh, he, the, what's his name, tried to kill um, um bilbo and eventually he knew that what he was doing was wrong but he was seduced by it and that's what had happened to aragon's great-grandfather when he was seduced by it and wouldn't turn it over and that's why they gave it to a hobbit because they were incorruptible they could not be corrupted that was the beauty of this little teeny four foot one uh, species of people and that's why gandalf gave it to a hobbit because they were ultimately it took a uh, 58 years for it to in any way corrupt bilbo do you see? And that corruption was the knowledge and it was written about the nuclear weapons or the or the total power of destruction over the human race or other people. And that was the, that is what that is about. So the same thing in, in another vibration, the Akashic record. And that's what happened to Edgar Casey While he was in a trance, people would ask him for uh, questions like who's going to win the the which horse is going to win in the third leg of the, uh, you know, at the at the downs, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, tomorrow at four o'clock and then they would go and bet on that and bet all their money on it and win. And that did damage to him because his physical body was reacting to, uh, the being in service to self. And that's why do what thou wilt, but harm none. Or that if you are in any way, European uh, old world, uh, uh, Celtic or, or Druid or Wiccan, uh, in your, uh, uh in your, uh, standard way of thinking, you would be, you know, uh, uh, you get back uh, uh, that which you put out, out three times three. So if you're evil and you try to put a curse on someone, or if somebody is trying to harm you, you reflect their energy back to them three times three. What is that? That's three, uh, three, six, and nine again. That's the three and the six. And you're you're saying if you're using your intention for bad to me, I'm taking my intention and just returning that to you. I don't want, I don't I don't wish you any harm but I'm just reflecting back to you what it is that you're sending to me. So you get back something three times three because now it's your intention, which is three energy and your intention using the three energy, which is nature and space time. And you're sending that to me and now I'm returning it to you. So that amplifies it. And so you get it back three times three. That's where that whole theory comes from, by the way, <laughs> that you hear about if you're Wiccan and you know about that, I return that to you three times three, the power of three. All of that it has to do with then the the three six nine three plus three equals six six plus three equals nine nine plus three equals twelve. That's what the, all of that means. The nine is the hex boson, the God particle, the creation, and then to create with that, you have to give your intention to it again. That becomes twelve. Nine plus three equals twelve. The three energy is you, your intention. Do you see? I know I'm speaking really fast again, but uh, I'm doing that because those of you who can keep up with me and you can actually understand this and get it right. Absolute power, Celeste says, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Only those people who are corruptible. The one thing that the humans were created with was two corruptible powers, or two incorruptible powers. One is the power of creation. And if you have the power of creation, then you inherit Jesus's incorruptibility, which means what? You cannot be corrupted. Why? Because you're in service to others. Therefore, absolute power doesn't corrupt you and won't because you won't seek it. Only people who seek power will it corrupt them. So you're right that absolute power corrupts absolutely because only people who seek absolute power are seeking it because they're seeking it for their own self, because they're in service to self. So it will corrupt them absolutely. People who are not seeking power and then end up falling into a place of power will then still not seek it. And that's what Bilbo represented right, in the movie, or Frodo, I'm sorry, Frodo, actually, and Bilbo, but Frodo more because he was on the on the path. He was given the ring. He didn't want it. It was left by his uncle, and then Gandalf charged him with it. You must keep it safe. You must hide this, and you must take this, because they were saying, who can take this? And that was the corrupted power. Who will seek this power? And anyone who will seek it and say, I will do this, because I'm doing it for myself, would end up being corrupted by it. And Bilbo, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Frodo was was sitting there and he volunteered because no one else would. And he said, I'll, I'll do it. He didn't want to, he was afraid of it. But he was doing it because he wanted to help all of Middle Earth. So he, he was the anti-hero. He was the hero with a thousand faces. He was not, he was what the Dark Knight became. And that was the whole storyline with that when you watch that movie. He is not the hero that that they deserve or he's not the hero that they need. Or he's not the hero that he is. He's the hero that they need. So he, they—that's why he became Batman. Became the Dark Knight. He was incorruptible. Batman would never kill someone because he did not seek power. He did not. He would not hurt someone, even the bad guy. He wouldn't kill him, and that drove uh, uh, Joker nuts. The jo- One thing Joker knew for sure was that Batman would never kill him, and that pissed him off but he thought it was funny. That's why when he, when Batman did throw him over the ledge in the movie, he laughed all the way down. No way. He's actually going to, I've corrupted him. That's what he was laughing about. I got him to corrupt himself by murdering me. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. He's laughing. And then Batman stopped him and he went, Oh, you can't even do that. And that's when he was like, when he said to him, no, you complete me. I don't want to kill you. (laughs) He doesn't want him dead because Batman gives him a reason to be. He can be as evil as he wants as long as Batman is not. And that was the whole purpose of that parable was that Batman's character would not murder. He would not become what he was fighting against no matter what. So he was the reluctant knight and became the dark knight because he became the bad guy they needed to chase. That wasn't the evil guy that would bring all of them together to chase after the Batman. Uh, and so that they would, everybody would unite. And so he, that was what that whole purpose was about. uh become, I can be, I can become what they need me to be. And that was the, they needed him to be the bad guy. So they needed him to be that, the, to think that he was the bad guy. Okay. Well, yes, it, 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 it does the. This is does fold part mean divided by three? So that it would be three point three three infinity. And it's well, uh, yes, because because it's because infinity is is always represented. Isn't that funny? How in our math. I like that you showed that in our math, say uh, infinity is we always put S3 and and then we put either 0.33 or we'll go 0.333 or we'll go three to the third power, meaning forever now. Three, 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 three. It's funny that we we can't represent. That's the fractal part. Actually, it's really complicated, but it's not. Um, You're on to the concept, Pamela, but it's actually very complicated, uh, but not. The reason our math is wrong, because we're not counting in multiples of 12, we're counting in multiples of 10. So the multiples of 10 that we're counting in are very, very easy to comprehend. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 1, 0, you know, 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. And then now we go a 1 and a 0, and then a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6,
0: 7, 8, 9, and then a 2 and a 0, and then a 2, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Some people will switch that. It doesn't matter. Pick
1: one to be the positive spin and one to be the negative spin. Uh, the, in the universe, the spiral, I talked about this last week, the spiral that is the, what they call the Fibonacci uh, spiral, which is not. Fibonacci sequence is the, is the, is the, is the, the, the triangles. It's angles. That would be the, the yen to the yin. Uh, and the, the smooth spiral is, in fact, the golden mean ratio, not a Fibonacci spiral, Fibonacci sequence is the is the fractal. the easy oh, that you can see mathematics and then the hard one to understand is the spiral itself. The fractal in uh, the aggressive angles is the masculine war energy in our reality and the feminine that's why the goddess symbol in all of the religions, especially the Druid and Wiccan religions uh, are, is is represented by the creation which is the, the female womb. And the spiral is there in that creative process in the ancient religions that go back 10,000, 20,000 years on this planet. Uh, and that's why you see the spirals written everywhere in a religion of the time that is uh, realizing the feminine energy, which is the creation energy, which is the God energy, uh, is the feminine, which is the, which is the positive numbers that is in the spiral that that is very, that is very sleek and in in you know in, in curvy whereas the, the masculine warlike energy is very rigid that's why you have the phallic symbol facing upward and the feminine is the V-shaped that is more of the womb which is facing downward and when you put the two of those together what do you get the Jewish star the star of David which is the masculine and the feminine together, uh, which is the same representation of the pentagra- pentacle, which is the five pointed star. And, st- and if you look at the, 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 the characters that make up the heart chakra, the heart chakra is shaped, it is masculine and feminine. The, the phallic symbol and the V symbol of the womb, the, the penis and the womb, uh, superimposed over each other. That is what David chose is the star of David, which is the Hebrew star now. And the circle that is going around that is showing you the the infinity. Uh, that is encompassing all of that, which is the same symbol as the Vitruvian man, if you put him within that circle. The circle that binds is also the circle that goes around the five-pointed star. And that is the, the, the circle that binds is the infinity that is combining the two energies that are balanced, the positive and negative, the kundalini energy, when they're there. And literally the heart chakra is a 3D rendering when you crystallize it, when you balance the heart chakra, it literally is the star of David in the 3D. Those are, if you look at all my reels, uh, all over all my channels, you see that uh, as the one thing that is apparent uh, that is over and over again that I keep trying to show you is the symbol of the heart chakra in the third dimensional. Uh, in fact, if you go to my uh, Instagram channel and, and look at my wall on my Instagram channel, it is the heart chakra. Um, in that 3d and that is because so the the infinity and in you're you're right in your idea that the the part of division with three point three three meaning infinity it is, it does and that's the negative side so you have positive numbers and negative numbers and the and the the those those you know you, those positive numbers and negative numbers are are meshed together in our numerical system and we know that the smooth numbers and the, you know if you look at the different numbers it's odd even odd even odd even and that's because that is the way of positive negative when they're intertwined. Which is the the Celtic knotwork, which is in all of Europe, all the way into the Vikings, uh, and that is the Kundalini energy, and that's why I have a reel that shows our, our our double helix, which is our DNA strand, and next to the Kundalini energy, and I'm showing you that they are the exact same. That our DNA is actually balanced and and is literally two strands of energy intertwined with each other, and that was what the representation of the kundalini is trying to show you not just to to balance our uh, chakra points and the major arcana that uh, r- run our body but that our very dna is balanced the same way two strands of energy one positive one negative one both halves of the same whole that are different aspects of the same whole and that's why i show that and then there's another meme where i show the kundalini energy and i can actually say that one is his perspective it shows the kundalini energy then it shows the dna and then it shows the spiral and then it shows the tree of life and the trunk of the tree of life is the dna strand and then the work is below and the, and then the, on the 3D level on the outside is branches, but the branches are also not work, and that's why I made that reel. So if you watch my reels, my reels are explaining to you in parables, uh, the 3, 6, and 9, and uh, everything that you're showing, and everything that you're talking about, the, the, the biggest challenge in math is... Uh, is one minus one? Yeah, and so now you're getting into the the positive and negative, which is um, the, another version of the balance between the the positive and negative, uh, or the or the uh, you know um, uh, uh, the the number system that we use. But you're doing it with just the one. So you have one minus one, plus one minus one, plus one. And what does that uh, uh, turn out to be in reality? And you're right; that's one of the hardest because you have to understand the concept. Right. Infinite. The answer. Right. Infinity is the answer. One or zero. A correct. Answer is is no one knows the answer. You're absolutely right. And, and the reason for that is because we are the answer. And they won't and they can't they can't mathematically um, tell you that so I love that you that you brought that up because that's another analogy and I'm gonna and and so let me reread that again, people. That what Pamela said, and I'm gonna put it up on the screen. Let me turn off this this thing at, at, here, and I'm gonna put up what she said on the screen and I'm gonna read it again. For those of you who are listening on the MP3 file, you can't see me and you can't see this, right? The biggest challenge in math is one minus one plus one minus one plus one infinity is the answer, one or zero, it says correct answer is no one knows the answer, and the reason that nobody knows the answer is because because there is no physical answer, because it is one or zero, and it's a perspective, and what is that? All the realities that we cling to are directly related to a certain point of view, ours, okay, and why is that? Three plus three plus three. Well, the first three is you, me. So we're part of the equation. If you remove ourselves from the equation and you're trying to answer that question, you can't. And that's a beautiful analogy. And science can't figure out the answer to that because they have removed the human equation of creation away from the creation so there is it's not three plus three plus three anymore because there's a missing link and the missing link is ripping the the creation out of reality and ripping the creation out of the equation so you can never answer one plus one or one minus one plus one minus one plus one because there is no answer to that because you've removed the creator as I pointed myself for those of you listening on the on the mp3 file so the only way that it works is you have to have first the creator. So you have to believe in a higher source that is the creation the logos do you see and then it is my intention that is the three energy that is me and that is the charm of making which I also put in my reels in three different ways and that is the, that is me I am the creator, and my knowledge of that is the knowledge of infinite wisdom, infinite love, infinity itself, the logos. I am me, three energy. And the energy that I created, the place that I created, that we all created, that we're co-creating every second of every day, is this reality. And that is another three energy because it was created by us. So uh, the charm of making is... I take my energy, my intention, and add it to my energy, and then I do something with that. I take that and apply it to this reality, space and time, nature and time-space, and I take my intention, which I created, my energy with my intention, 3 plus 3, equals this creation, and then I take this creation, which I'm calling on, that I have created, and take my intention, and I put it into this creation because I'm trying to make something happen here. Do you see? And now I've taken that, inf- and that's 3 plus 3 equals 6, and I've taken that 6 energy, and I've now taken my energy once more, the 3 energy, and I've added it to the 6 energy, and that becomes the 9 energy. And what is that? The hex boson, the God particle creation itself but now it's just energy that it has potentiality the potential to do something now i have to then take my energy once again because i created all of this now i take my intention on the energy that is now the creation energy that i've called upon in this reality and i have to do something with it and when i charge it with something to do it becomes the 12 energy which is the god energy now it is the logos And it is the energy of the universe. It is creation. And what I do with it then is I either corrupt it for my own purpose, in which all of that goes away instantly the second I try to use that for my own gain, or I become that energy. And that is 3 plus 12, and it's not 15. It's 1 and 3, 13 or 1, because then I become the creator, and to do that and not be corrupted, I then what? Can only serve the all. So that's the zero point of the which Thoth talked about in that religion in Egypt, that the way to heaven is through the center. Jesus said the way to heaven is through me. He was the center, the balance. He was being the what? He was being The example of righteousness, the key to heaven is through me. The understanding, the way I am being, uncorruptible, all-loving, all-knowing, and utilizing my energy to do what? Only service the all. So you become the one. It's the center of yourself, the center of the earth, the center of the universe. But you're not doing it because you're a centrist. You're doing it because you're serving the all, not yourself. And the only way you can achieve that is to be in service to everyone else and not yourself only. You can't create. That is, The charm of making. That's the Irish, the ancient Irish, by the way, not the not the Welsh. The Welsh is just slightly different. Saying the C as a C and not a, not a hard K. So it would be, so then it would be anel. Let me see if I can do the the the, the uh, Welsh. Anel Nathrach nethrach, othvas betod Dosil Denbe That's the Welsh. It's really hard for me to say because I learned it at, to become a Merlin. I learned it in the in the Irish or the Gaelic, um, which they, they, they call Gaelic. Um, not Gallic, Gallic is the Scottish, Gaelic, the Gael. I learned it in the in the ancient Irish. Uh, and so you can say it with the sliding of the sea, or I say it with more of the, of the Irish, modern, ancient Irish and not the Welsh. Um, but when I first heard it in the, in the Welsh, it was live two years ago on Earth Day and uh, a 33 degree Mason, Freemason, Thirty-third degree, all said it, and I was like, "Ooh, I know it in the Irish, but now I, I love hearing it in the Welsh." Uh, and but that is the charm of making, which means all that is nature and of time-space, right? Anal nathrock, all that is nature, uffos and of space-time, all that is nature and of space-time. Go space, do hear my intention. Okay, and that is the ancient Merlin. Uh, uh, if you watch the movie from 1982, that's the charm of making that they had in that movie. It's true; it really is. And um, and that, it, but you can't create with it if you don't if you're in service to self. So I can tell the world about it. They were afraid to do that for generations, um, but then it's been uh, out to the world, uh, and you can tell the world because you can't use it if you can't. It's like magic with a K. You can use magic with a C, sleight of hand, magic, and make people believe you're doing something, but you can't actually create. You cannot tap into. And this is what Drumvalo Mukizadek was, was uh, teaching and learning in, in 2012, left and stopped working with them around the same time I left. Uh, and, and it wasn't too much longer after that when I was gone from all the think tanks as well. No longer working with those people because they're trying to control us and weaponize it and trying to get knowledge from us in some way. This is why Whitley Strieber wrote the book Communion. When he asked the aliens, what do you want? They said, communion. Look up that word and find out what communion means. They were trying, and they still are trying to figure out, and evil is, and so is your uh, AI god. And, the, and some of the great aliens, which are in fact only constructs, they're trying to learn what the spark of life is. Because if they can harness the spark of life of creation itself, then they can take over. But they were designed. The, the beauty of that is, they were designed to never be able to do that because they can't. They were not designed. They can't because if you're in service to self, you cannot harness the power of creation. Because only those. This is the sword and the stone, which is a, a, a Viking uh, a, a story as well, by the way, and slightly different than the one that was that is told from uh, the UK, but almost identical. That only, in fact, when Arthur pulled the stone, uh, the sword out of the stone, he wasn't doing it for his own gain, which everybody else was trying to pull it out to become king. He was doing it because some kid stole his brother's sword and his brother was about to go and fight for the right in a duel to try and pull the sword from the stone. And when he was looking for the kid, he eventually, the universe led him there and he backed into the stone and turned around. There was Excalibur and he thought, well, maybe I can get this out of this and give it to my brother. And so he pulled it out. If you read the book, you know what I'm talking about. The 1982 movie showed it. He pulled it out and everybody was like, what? Put it back. And immediately the undergrounds pushed him out of the way. If he was able to pull that out, I should be able to pull it right back out now. But he was pulling it out for his own benefit and being in service to self. And he couldn't pull it out. And everybody was fighting over it. Get out of the way. I'm going to do it. Because they all just knew if the kid pulled it out, because he was only supposed to be 14 at the time. If this young little kid with no muscles could pull it out, I'm a freaking knight. I could pull this out. So they're fighting over who was going to pull it out. and Nobody could pull it out. And eventually the people started saying, let the boy try, let the boy try. And uh, Arthur pulled it out. But he wasn't pulling it out because he was trying to be king. He was pulling it out because he was trying to serve his brother. He was his brother's squire. And then when he pulled it out a second time, only the pure of heart, he was serving the people. And when he lost that knowledge, The land went to hell around him. There's a bigger knowledge there that I'm not going to get into because it is 730 and I'm going to have to go. But it was only after uh, many years, 40 some odd years later, when Percival, who was only uh, when he was knighted, he was 11 when he was knighted. He was the one who discovered the the secret of the grail. And what is that? You and the land are one. You, me, and this reality is one. As I flourish, so too does the reality. As I do not, so too does not the reality, hence our planet being off kilter, being not upright, being crooked 23.5 degrees. Our planet is crooked because we are corrupt. As we become less corrupt and more balanced, our planet is moving back upright. And a weird thing is that our moon is moving away from the earth at exactly the same rate of speed that our planet is righting itself. As the human race is writing itself. And when you're being knighted, especially by the Roman Catholic Church these days, part of the, your knighthood, you can see almost 100% word for word, mind you, in the, in the movie, Kingdom of Heaven, be upright and speak the truth even if it leads to your death. That's just part of your, of your, of your uh, oath. But that's one of the more important ones. To be upright is to be what? Centered, balanced, and focused. And being in service to others, not oneself. And to be upright and to be in that position is what? Balancing your chakras and the energies of the kundalini, the positive and negative, or the other way around, however you want to look at it. Energies of masculine and feminine, war and peace. And to balance all of that and to be balanced and pious and in service to others, is to be what? Upright. Do you, do you see? And for us to write ourselves as a species, this earth, which is a reflection of us, because we control this reality, is off kilter because we're off kilter. And the moon has to be here because the planet Mulbeck used to be there doing what the moon does when we were balanced as a being, as a race. And now that we're corrupted, and the world was far more corrupted longer ago, and that's why I say we're not far better off now than we were before. And as we're writing ourselves, and we moved away from Bakhtun 12, here's that number again, Bakhtun 12, the 12 number. And where are we moving into? The Mayans and the Incas do it. We're moving into the 13, Bakhtun 13. And what is that? The Age of Aquarius. And what is that? The balancing of the masculine and feminine energies. Men are becoming less warlike. Women are becoming a little bit more warlike and aggressive. Why? We're meeting in the middle. And what is that? Balanced and upright. When all of our chakras are balanced and we are not all warlike and in the lizard brain anymore. But we're more what? Like feminine, like the women. Loving, caring, nurturing. Nurturing. But the women can't stay way loving, caring, and nurturing by themselves because that will cause the balance to go off the other way. So women have to become a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more masculine-like. Oh, no. Now we're all going to be what? Androgynous? Oh, my God. I'll have to freak out if I'm one or the other. That's why the balance is what I've been talking about forever uh, between light and darkness. And people are like, how can you balance good and evil? You are, but you're not becoming good, evil, or evil, good. Because when you do, you lose the evil part of you that is evil and in service to self because the service to others becomes more prevalent to you. And when there's a balance between the two, the yin and the yang, the Kundalini, the knotwork from the Celts, the spiral mixed with the fractal, which is sharp and jaggedy, yin-yang, positive negative, masculine feminine, (gasps) wait a minute. So all these symbols from all over the world are the same? Yeah, they're just different representations of the exact same thing. That's why I showed you the Vitruvian man or woman. You put the woman in there, it doesn't matter, the male body or the female body with the circle around it. And the male body is standing in the exact same. You can you can shape that out and draw the outline around their body. It's the five-pointed star. It's the star of David. What? It's the pyramid. It's the pyramid in the circle that is part of another religion. Wait, what? take the yin and the yang where you have the positive and a little bit of negative and the negative and a little bit of positive and they make up the whole oh take the Celtic knot work positive energy negative energy three six the two of them together makes what nine? oh. and what is the nine energy the Taurus the energy that is around the globe which is in all my other uh uh <laughs> memes and, and reels that I put out and that is, is what is the spiral energy that makes up everything that's around and come about the force of the universe may the force be with you and when you look at it from the top down what is it the spiral when you look at it from the bottom up what is it the spiral the three energies going one way the nine the six energies going another way but they to roll back on each other and that is what the hex boson which becomes the figure eight which becomes infinity and the hex boson is the nine energy and then if you go all the way inward to the center what is that that is the 13 the 12 energy becoming the creation and that is the zero point that's what Thoth was telling about that's what jesus was telling about that's what muhammad was telling about that's what thor was telling about marduk was telling about wait a minute every religion david moses they were all telling about infinity and the infinite wisdom the ouroboros the The dragon of the North Sea is so big it encompasses the planet and it is the earth, air, fire, water. Wait, what? The four winds, the cardinal directions and the, wait, the cross with the, in the Christians and the holy, and then the star of the, wait, I'm losing my mind. Does not compute, does not compute. They're all telling you the same story. And all of that is the exact same. And all of it is a story in its basic. And that's why if you watch the Exodus, you read the Exodus, and you you read the, 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 let's talk about the Revelation. And the Revelations, there's exactly how many of them? Seven. The churches, the letters to the churches, or how many of them? Seven. Start with the very first letter to the churches, And look up the red ray chakra, which is the base root first chakra in the human body, and read that letter after you've read what the red ray chakra represents in creation in the beginning. And then every letter that you read after that to the churches, assume that the name of the church is the next chakra that goes red, orange, yellow, green, blue, or indigo, purple, and then that color which is out here, some people show as a lighter shade of purple, some show as gold, some show as white, some show as a slightly different color, but that's above your crown chakra out here that is the infinite. And If you count those and you count the letters of the churches and you read those and let he who has the ears to understand, understand these words, that they were literally written, the revelation of Jesus Christ is telling you how to balance your chakras and to be upright and to be balanced and in service to others. The way to heaven, the way to the kingdom of heaven is through me. Okay. And if you if you look at not just that, but other places in the Bible, if you look at the Exodus and you look at the the scrolls and, and the things that happened there, you're going to find the same story. Uh, And it was hidden from uh, people being able to uh, understand what's happening and written for people who have the knowledge to see it as if when it was written 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, 100,000 years ago, that they knew that there would be a time when algorithms would be looking for certain things. And it had to be able to get around algorithms. Weird. algorithms were designed by humans, so the algorithm thinks the way a human would be trying to decipher something to see if they find a code in it. When they're looking for something to stop the knowledge being told, or say having a council at a place called Nicaea, a couple of councils, where they're removing books that tell a narrative they don't want you to know about, and throwing the scrolls away, scrolls away, And then they either didn't understand them or knew that the narrative wasn't what they were painting and they left in books. And the ones they left in, what they didn't know was there was also a code in those books that was still there because the persons who wrote them knew the other books would be removed. Why? Because everything is done by the creator. We did it to ourselves, for ourselves. So we knew that we would be looking for it and that dark side of ourselves would be trying to erase that memory from us. So we encoded it into everything. (laughs) so that no matter where it is when you know what you're looking for you can see it and you can find it do you see it's in everything okay i gotta go because it is getting later now it's like quarter to eight i gotta go gotta heat up some dinner for my mom and i uh and relax so that i don't talk anymore and i probably won't say another word most of the night until tomorrow or tonight. When I go to bed, I always spend about an hour learning one of the 22 languages that I'm teaching myself on Duolingo, not getting paid for telling you about that app. I don't get it. I'm not getting paid from them as a commercial, (laughs) but it's free. All you have to do is put up with some commercials. Uh, and, uh, I, I teach myself all these languages and that'll be the only time I speak from now until I go to bed, unless I say something to my mother. (laughs) because I've been talking too much and my voice will start getting cracky on me. It's already doing that. All right, you guys. I love you guys. Have a great night. For those of you who are still here listening to this around the world, I love you guys too. And I know you're doing it because I keep track of where you are in the world. I don't know exactly the city, but I know the, the province you're in and I know the country that you're in. And I know that you guys are out there and you don't watch this and you don't get to listen to it live, but you do get to hear what I'm saying. And I know that there's over 70 countries on the face of this earth that you guys are out there and you're listening to me, may your God go with you. I love you. Love yourself. Work within, do the work, do the shadow work, balance yourself, focus, love the world. And if all of that is foreign to you and and you hate it, I love you too, because you serve us, whether you like it or not, because we all serve each other. And without you guys being evil, nobody would even know that what I'm saying is worth anything. That's the purpose of the dance that is this dichotomy between good and evil. So it'll never change. There is no war where you're going to defeat evil. The only thing that changes is the pendulum, guys. It just swings back and forth, but it stays within the the realm of where this reality is. And it swung all the way. It should be to my left, uh, to the evil, and it was there for a long time. And it is, in fact, swinging back now and has been for about 3,000 years, and, it, and there's nothing that they can do to stop it. Uh, the seminal point is, is being reached quickly because, you know, in 1981, there was 2.7 billion people on the planet, and now there's 7.8 billion, almost 8 billion people on this planet, uh, and the people that are here a majority have already been 80 20, 80% in service to others and only 20% in service to the self. And that dynamic has changed. There are more people that are in service to others on this planet than that now. So it's not, it's no longer 80 20, which is the natural uh, state of a third dimensional planet. It is now, in fact, more like 94 6. But that six is doing the most evil they can possibly imagine and and telling you they're in charge and there's more of them and convincing you that you're nobody, you're alone, and you only count in 3D, and they own you. Okay, First step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. Have a great night. I'll see you guys next week.